All right, I believe we are live. <laughs> Let's see if it works tonight. For those who tried to tune in yesterday to the live stream, I apologize. Um, my internet has been horrible here again lately, which is another reason why I haven't been doing a whole lot of live streaming. But uh, I thought I'd test this out tonight. Hopefully it works okay. And it looks like we are live and I have the green bars, which means I'm hoping the internet quality <laughs> allows us to get through this live stream. So, uh, all right, Connor, welcome, mate, from the Western Suburbs. Awesome stuff. This is a bit of a Q&A tonight. I felt like you know, I'm not really doing like a guitar one. I've been playing guitar a lot lately, which has been awesome, but I didn't want to sort of just do it like a live noodle stream tonight. So if you have any specific questions or whatever, let me know. And fingers crossed the live stream works. Um, I've, Yeah, for those who live in Australia, you'll know the pain of crappy internet. It's just, it's been... Un unmanageable almost <laughs> hey vintage ale welcome hey john how you doing mate awesome stuff yeah we're using the road mic i i'm set up in a little bit of a quick quick setup i'm using my uh just my little desk here and i got all my questions here so if you do have any oh my comments i should say if you do have any questions or whatever let us know so i got some news as well there's some pretty cool stuff coming up on the channel uh if you follow my feed on youtube or my instagram you've probably seen that I have a couple of really cool amps here right now and I am excited to hopefully share some of that stuff coming up. All right, we've got a question from... Hey, Dylan, welcome, mate. Can't stick around. No worries, man. Hope you're doing well. I thought I'd better do a live stream this week. I'm getting surgery next week, I found out. So I'm going to be probably out of action for about a week. <laughs> so I thought I'd better jump on and I haven't done a live stream for about two months. Um. All right, Hallelujah says, hello, got a question. Uh, would you use a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe or Hot Rod DeVille for professional use? I mean, big gigs is it good enough. Both are fine. It just depends which one you like better. If you want a louder, cleaner tone, the DeVille's the way to go. Um, but I don't know anyone who thinks a Hot Rod Deluxe isn't loud enough. They're brutally loud. So you can get plenty of volume out of those things. I, I gig with a Hot, a hot Rod Blues DeVille. Uh, uh, sorry, Blues Deluxe which is a single 12-inch speaker amp, and it, it's I'm usually too loud. So, yeah, Hot Rod Deluxe, just for practicality's sake, is pretty great. Hey, Todd, good luck, man. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so Yeoman uh, BBQJ says, Hello, any first impressions of the Fender Tone Master series? Yes, <laughs> they're amazing. Well, I shouldn't say they. I've only tried the twin. The twin video I'm I'm uploading on my other connection right now. It'll be up tomorrow morning. I pumped out the video today. It's a bit of a deep dive video. I've had hundreds of people. Every video I've released in the last few weeks, every comment I see, not every comment, but every video that I, I've uploaded, there's a comment and question about the Tone Master amp. So, uh, yeah, it's coming up tomorrow. It It is something special. They've really nailed it. Uh, not to give it away, but... Uh, yeah, you see that little black Fender logo right there? That's one of them. <laughs> All right, so Moon Loon says, enjoyed your artist tally. I urge you to try Schecter. You know what? Some of the Schecter stuff isn't pretty bad, uh, isn't too bad. I used to think it was all sort of like metal sort of shred stuff, which is fine if you're into that, but it's not really my kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they make great, you know... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like regular Joe <laughs> guitars as well. They're really great. All right. Let me go back up here. 
Fender Champion 100 or Boss Katana 50? Just depends which one you like the best, man. Like, these are questions that you need to try them both. The Fender Champion 100 is a pretty good amp. Like, I, I think they're pretty solid. The Katana's are a pretty solid amp as well, but the Fender's got the simplicity thing going on, whereas the Katana, to get the most out of it, you've got to hook it up to the computer. If that doesn't bother you, you do get more in the Katana, but the uh, I'd probably choose, if it was me, I'd probably go with the Fender. What do you think you'll do with the neck pickup on the Love Rock? I have the same issue. What pickup's next? I don't know. I've been thinking about that for a while. Some It depends on the amp I'm playing. If I play the Marshall, it sounds great. So I think one of the things, one of the best pickups I've, I've ever played is a Gibson um, Burst Bucker. So the same one that's in my 2019 Flying V, I might order one of those at some point. I'm not really playing my uh, Les Paul a lot lately. Um, but yeah, that, that would probably be the one to go for. Enjoyed your artist tally. I urge you to try. Oh yeah. Sorry. I already saw that one. Uh, Connor says, would you rather mod a cheap guitar to the quality of a more expensive guitar or buy the more expensive guitar outright? Uh, for me, I'd buy a guitar that ticks all the boxes before wanting to mod them. I, even if the guitar's inexpensive, it should still sound good. It should still play well. These are things that are inherent. You, it doesn't matter how much you, you spend anymore. If you can basically get, you know, like those SX guitars or, or a classic vibe or something like that. I don't know where you're from, but um, any of those kind of guitars can still play and sound good straight away. So I don't really buy guitars to want to mod them. Uh, I just It's not on my radar. I buy them because I like them. And then I might find, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to change something. So maybe maybe look at it a bit like that. Oh, my chat scrolled up. Let me scroll back down. Josh, welcome, mate. He says, hey, Shane, coming from Dandenong Rangers 2. A question people often say Tally or Strat are the same. Of at least forgiving... Oh, are some of the most... Uh, or oh, some of the least forgiving guitars to play. Sorry, I'm reading another comment here. Uh, what would you say would be the opposite something forgiving uh i i probably say like you know les paul is pretty easy to play i reckon tallies aren't that hard to play it's funny i had a conversation with rick about strats um and i kind of feel like uh those are probably the toughest until you get the you're used to them and then they're then they're fine um just trying to think of what I've got. I mean, the PRS is probably the easiest guitar to play out of all of them. It just, it is. It's easy. Even if the specs don't align with what you're used to, that PRS SE I've got is still my number one in terms of playability, cl followed closely by the Flying V. Is it necessary to know the science behind transistors, diodes, and stuff to dial great in great tones. No, you just got to know how to how to basically dial in good tone. I don't know. Look, I built a couple of pedals, but I'm by no means a, an electronic expert. I'm far from it. I don't even care about that stuff. I couldn't care less what's in uh, some of these amps and uh, what is in some of these pedals to some extent. You know, as long as I if I can get a my sound out of them, then it's good. So yeah, don't stress about knowing that kind of stuff. Just trust your ears. And try to use other 
tones as a, a reference point to what you're trying to dial in. You know, for the longest time, I, I loved Eric Clapton's tone back back when he was on the three three five. You know, Tommy Castro was a huge sort of Strat influence for me. So yeah, you go just just listen to great players with great tone, and then try to approximate that. And don't worry about any of the gear and what goes on internally. Um, look, there's some people that might feel differently about that, but I I couldn't care less. If it works for my sound, I'm happy. Stream is solid tonight. Thank you. What was going on yesterday? Australian internet was going on yesterday. I've got the yellow bar back, but it looks like it's actually working. I've had to change these ADSL profiles a few times to get one that actually allows me to stream. That's part of the reason you haven't seen me do this for a while. It's just been so up and down. We'll see if it actually works for the rest of the stream here. I show the SX Tally style for about 250. Is that the one you had? Yeah, that's about the right price. I think I got it for a deal. Uh, when I bought mine, I bought that and the Strat. And I got them for a pretty good price, but 250 sounds about right. Um, they're really good. There's an SX website as well. They're called the VTG series, uh, Tallies and Strats, which I guess just stands for vintage. Connor says, I've recently settled on 9 to 46 gauge strings and was wondering if you found that you, you're playing more comfortably on a specific gauge of strings. Um yeah, I, I find I can't play anything th uh, like thinner than 10s and I don't want anything higher than 11s now. I used to play fatter strings than those, but yeah, not anymore. Uh, it just depends on the guitar. You know, for tallies, for whatever reason, I'm playing 10s. My my uh, PRS, no, not my PRS. That's the PRS has 10s. I think the Les Paul has 11s and the Strat has 11s. And everything else is just a mixture of whatever I've, felt, whatever I've got going on right, you know, at that particular time. I should just put them all on one gauge so I don't have to buy two separate sets. But I really like having the Strat with 11s. Hey, Phil Mosley, welcome. Thoughts on creaming soda Pepsi Max? You know what? I, I didn't know about that. I've been a bit out of the loop. I just bought a box before. Jonathan from Michigan, Welcome. Just got a Samic made. Harmony Jupiter reissue Sears sold in the 1960s. Well, mahogany body, sparkle finish. You need to buy one used. Uh, they're not made any more cheap and quality too. Cool. Would you be keeping up the chat podcast? Uh, the Dr. Rick one seems to be great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy doing it. So um, Rick will be like the regular guest on it. So about once a month. Uh, I, something like that at least we're going to get together and film like an hour or an hour and a half and then I, I sort of break those videos up and put one up every sort of Sunday I think it is or Saturday or something like that where um, yeah Sunday so you know any specific topic this week though I'm up, I've uploaded the full podcast because it's like everything digital modeling amplifiers it kind of will be a little dated now I've actually had a chance to play the Tone Master amp because I wasn't sure what to expect but um yeah, we're going to keep it up, and I've also got a few other people I want to bring in and have a pot, like to, you know, bring the, bring some new faces to the podcast as well. So it's going to be a mix of stuff, but yeah, I, I really enjoy doing it. Uh, I sort of invested a bit of time and money getting that set up right, and as of about three days ago, it's perfect now. So the audio will be better. It's going to look and sound great. Excuse me. 
Josh says, with all the pedals you review, do you find your main pedal board changing a lot? Or is it pretty much the same? It's pretty much the same. You know, I've got about three or four overdrives that I pick from. I've got about two or three clean boosts that I pick from and about two or three delay pedals. But most of the time, it's exactly the same. My tuner never changes. My wah pedal never changes. Um, and yeah, just depending on the amp I'm playing will determine which overdrive I take. In terms of the clean boost, it makes no difference. I got a couple that I really love. So I, I try not to take every pedal I get out to a gig. I know pretty much straight away whether or not it's for me. Um, and that's the weird thing about pedals, you know, like everyone likes different sounds. So I still do videos. Uh, I've cut them back probably to two a month or something in terms of pedals. I got a couple here right now actually that uh, should be pretty cool. But yeah, I always find like the the ones that I've found that work well on their own and together with the stuff I've got, are the, it's pretty hard to top that, you know? So yeah. Do I ever play slide? Uh, not really. I, I've tried learning it a few times and I can get around it a little bit. I've put some really basic stuff down on some albums here and there, but um, not really. No, I, I've, I don't have, um, you know, it's hard going back to almost like starting again <laughs> with uh, slides pretty tough. Maurizio says, uh, hello, Shane. The podcast is really good. Was wondering if you would show us some of your jam nights. So speaking of which, I actually have uploaded already a jam session with the guys. It's waiting to be released from a copyright claim. So this is the great thing about YouTube. We're playing original songs and we're doing blues covers. Someone claimed the first song, which wasn't the song that we were playing. So I'm trying to get that resolved. Uh, and I don't, I don't even want to monetize the video, which means no ads or anything. It's just going to go up. But I'm waiting for these idiots to release the the copyright claim and then i'll i'll put it up so that'll be about a week or so from now um we're going to try and do that every well more often than what what i have been doing them anyway outlaw rickenbacker says have you ever considered at looking at vintage equipment for review i have um one of the biggest problems with doing that is not only finding it but being able to borrow it i don't really want to take my production gear I'll call that production gear in quotations, but I don't really want to take that anywhere. Like it's not a good, it's not a smart move. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a, it's a pain to set up. I got to bring all my stuff and the results are never as good if I take this stuff with me somewhere else a lot of the time. So uh, for me, no. Um, and, unless, look, one of my good friends owns lots and lots of vintage amps and guitars and all that kind of stuff, but uh yeah, it's one of those things too. Like if something happened to that, I, I there it's expensive. So we'll see. We'll see what we can do. What would be your basic budget rig? Um, so the amp that I take out if I just want great tone that's not expensive is the Artist Tweed Tone. It is so good. I've been playing it a lot. Uh, it's it's just a killer. It you'll hear it coming up on the next live jam that I'm waiting to post it is really good that video by the way took about 30 hours from the moment i packed all my stuff put it in the car did the gig came back did all the audio engineering did all the video editing all the rendering now dealing with this bloody uh, copyright thing as well um it, it's a long process so when you see it go up go check it out the audio and video look spectacular um but i'm not going to release it until this copyright thing's sorted out excuse me 
Stefan says, hey, Shane, really starting to enjoy your content lately. Greetings from Austria. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, Sonia, how you doing? Mr. Kareem, welcome. Uh, what's my pedal order? So from right to left, so into out, wah, tuner, overdrive, clean boost. No, the other way around. Clean boost, overdrive, sorry. So yeah, the clean boost before the overdrive. Uh, then I've got a... No, actually, I've forgotten. It, I'm an idiot. It's the other way around now. I've mixed it up a while back. So I've got a wah pedal, tuner, the VS Audio Vibler, the uh, over the clean boost, the overdrive, and then the delay pedal, and then out. That's it. I used to have the uh, sort of like the tremolo effect sort of thing, the vibratone effect after my overdrives, but now it's before. Any tips on getting rid of uh, piezo quack on stage? I don't know if I've ever really been aware of that before. Yeah, I'm not really too sure. Do I stack the overdrive pedals or just use a boost pedal with an overdrive? Um, either. <laughs> the answer is yes. So for years, I used to use two overdrive pedals. Lately, I'm not. I'm only using one. And sometimes it's a dual overdrive and other times it's just a single Carrera overdrive from Buffalo Effects. That, that pedal's great, by the way. Um, and then I'm either running the... It just depends on the amp and the situation, but both are correct. If I'm using a high headroom clean amp, I'd probably take two overdrives, uh, but most of the ones that I've got now, a single overdrive and a volume boost has been great. Have I ever seen the Australia Drive from Kink Guitar Pedals? Yeah, I've, I haven't done a review on that one, but uh, I was chatting to the guys from there about doing their Klon-style pedal. I can't think of what it's called. It's got like a Femator, maybe? Oh, excuse me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> What's a good suggestion for an analog sounding delay? Ah, oh, man, there's there's quite a few. Like the Tone City stuff, they make great stuff, man, for their price. They're pretty good. Kalen makes some really great ones. I think the Ghost Rain is probably the best sounding inexpensive delay pedal I've ever heard. I can't really think of too many off the top of my head. Joyo makes some good ones as well. Um but yeah, the, the Kalen, I think it's called the Ghost Rain. That, that's a monster. <laughs> football question. Yeah, Patrick, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I don't really know a lot about football. I'm a bit weird like that. But um, yeah, the, I did see the score. It was pretty hilarious. I love the vintage, vintage Clean channel on my US Red Stripe PV Band at 112 uh, as a pedal platform. Are you still using yours on occasion? Look, I don't, I don't have my PV Bandit anymore. Uh, it's just impractical to... Like, I've had three of them, right? And this is the thing. This is the story. I think, oh, I'm not really using it. I'll flip it. And for me, the artist Tweet Tone kind of replaced that amp in many ways. But I've had three. And every time I sell one, I last about two years. And then I, I find one on Gumtree and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy, oh, eBay, and I'll, I'm like, yeah, I think I'll buy that. So right now I don't own a PV Bandit, but I've got enough other amps to keep me in trouble right now. So, um, yeah, it was just I don't like stuff sitting around, and I found I wasn't using it a whole lot, which was the reason why I flipped it. But great amps. That was the channel of choice for me as well. Uh, 
really, really cool amp. DMT Tabletop Gaming says, just started playing electric guitar and have a Squire Classic Vibe custom telly. Looking for an equally inexpensive humbucker guitar. Any suggestions? Epiphone, Les Paul Standard, Epi SG. Um, all right, so you can't really go too far wrong with an Epiphone. It's just a great guitar. Tokai is another one. It's T-O-K-A-I. Uh, depending on where you, where you live, um, that's a really great option if you can find them. Uh, even Harley Benton. Check out the CST-24T. I've got one of those. Uh, it plays as good as my, or as well as my PRSSE. Pretty much. Like, it's not far behind it for a guitar that's about half as expensive. So, yeah, it's they're great. Let me just scroll back up. I might have missed something here. Have I ever played a mini Silver Jubilee combo? I don't think I have. I've played... I've definitely played one of the uh, the Silver Jubilees, but I don't know about this mini one. I, I don't think so. Brad Miller, welcome, mate. Let me just scroll back up. Sorry, I might be a bit behind here. Landon, welcome, mate, and I apologize for not replying to your text, man. I was driving for like five hours the other day. Um, I just, yeah, I'm a bit crap at that sometimes. Um, so I've been talking to the guys at Artist Guitars. I've had, you know, like I think 80% of my audience is from the States or about 70% or something like that. It, it's it's right up there. And they, they've already got a shop in the US, but it doesn't have a lot of stuff yet. Uh, I think they're working on that. So... All the stuff that you see me review from Artist Guitars will hopefully be available there at some point. Um, I think there's a few logistics that need to sort of happen to to get that to work. But hang in, hang in there. I was actually emailing the guys back and forth just the other day and asking about it myself because every day someone says, "Oh, I live in the states. I can't get an artist tweet tone or whatever." Hang in there, and they've they've got another amp coming out as well. I just tell you right now. Slush Puppy 55. Hey, Shane, only been playing for about six months. Love your channel. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. And podcast series was looking at the Gretsch G5220. Let me just punch that into Google here and I'll, I'll bring it up because I'm not too sure what that looks like. Oh, yeah, I th I've played one of these before. Um, let me just double check this. I want to make sure I'm giving you good information. <laughs> Yeah, I've played I've played some of these before. I think I played one of Jerry's Lefty guitars. Um, yeah, good guitars. You know, if that's the sort of sound you're going for, let me bring back up the chat here. Finish off your question. Uh, have I played any of these with the Broad Tron pickups? Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's the same one I played at Jerry's Lefty guitars. There might be a video on it on my YouTube channel. Um, if it's a new model, maybe not. But it looks really familiar. It looks like one that I've actually done a review of i might have even reviewed a similar looking one in my place here oh my old place but uh i'd need to double check that but the gretsch stuff is pretty legit and reliable there's not a whole lot of things to sort of nitpick about with them they're, they're solid instruments uh josh says will artists be sending you the new cream cream tone 20 i yeah absolutely i've I hope so. <laughs> Actually, there's another email I sent back and forth the other day as well. We were talking about, um, you know, I think they're finalizing some stuff with 
something about those amps and then I'll, I'll get one out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That tweet tone is so good. And Brett Kingman, another Aussie, did a review on one and I had to comment. I'm like, dude, that's <laughs> it's funny to see Brett playing through an amp. He uses that Axe Effects thing all the time. And it, it must have been – it was so loud in that room that his camera equipment was shaking and I thought, there you go. That's great. So, yeah, he, he was having some fun with it was the point of that. It, it's just a great amp. Uh, so I can't wait to test out the cream tone as well. Uh, Maurice says, this is a great question. From when you started on guitar till now, has your ideal changed much? Uh, ideal tone changed much, if I didn't say that probably. Uh, not lots, but enough. I think I play cleaner now than I played maybe even two years ago. Um, so I'm going for more of a less dirty sound, but with more headroom. That's kind of like the sound I'm I'm hearing in my head. Uh, even the Marshall, when I get it crank cranking on the drive channel, it still has a lot of headroom, and it's it's a hard thing to explain. But my my tones have changed. But this is a, a an example of the sounds in your head or in your hands, however you want to look at it. I took out the Boss Next Tone amplifier last Sunday and played live. And the first song, it wasn't quite right. The second song, my friend comes up and goes, man, it doesn't matter what you play, all the amps sound the same. I was like, that's great. So, yeah, if you've got a sound in your head, you can pretty much sort of dial it in. But in terms of it changing much, my in, my influences have changed since I first started playing. I've still got the original ones, but I don't go for those tones so much anymore. I go for a bit of a... A rounder sort of sound. Stephen says, "Hey Shane, are you a professional musician or do you have a real job?" <laughs> I used to have a real job. I used to be an IT guy. I used to work for a big uh, international company for quite a while. Uh, people thought I was crazy to leave, but uh, I'm I'm couldn't be happier. I do online stuff full time, whether it's videos, website stuff, all that kind of thing now. Uh, Danny just says, uh, when are you going to do the dem demo of the Fender Deluxe Tone Master? Now, the Deluxe one, I'm not sure. I don't have it, but right behind me. How about this? Hang on one sec. There it is. Oh, my webcam's glitching. Oh, man. My camera's glitchy. I might just try changing to the black screen and then coming back. One sec. All right. Let's hopefully that fixes it. Um, yeah, so I shot the video on that today. I'm hoping it will be uploaded by tomorrow morning. We'll see how we go. But I don't have the deluxe one. Just the twin. DMT Tabletop Gaming. Uh, love you. Videos. Uh, cheap use boss multi-effects. Or the Twiggy Blues Sonic Cake. I don't know what the Twiggy Blues is, man. I'm not too sure. I know Sonic Cake, the brand, but I don't know that particular um, pedal. Sorry. Oh, here's, here's a great question uh, from Christian. 
says, hey, Shane, can you gig with a Made in Mexico Strat player series? I'm about to buy a triple S, oh, a single coil uh, player series. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. My white Strat that you see in my videos, which is back there behind the Dan Electro is a Made in Mexico one from like three or four years ago, three years ago or something like that. I played overseas with Mexican stuff. Uh, I've played everywhere in Melbourne with one as well. So uh, don't let where a guitar is made dictate whether or not you can use it live. If it's a good guitar, like all of, all of the Fender stuff is <laughs> a machine comes down, cuts it and spits it out. You know, like there's no, there's no room for error. That's why those guitars are so consistent now. They're all CNC cut or whatever it's called. Just press comes down, cuts it, routes it, throws it into the next section. So yeah, you can't go wrong with those guitars. Don't think for a minute the Mexican... I would prefer to buy a Mexican-made Strat over a US one just based on price and just the performance of them is great and the pickups are great. So those play series are fantastic. Love your channel. Sorry if this was already answered. I just started watching the stream this morning. What happened to your Tone Master review video? Oh, it hasn't gone up. So last, yes, uh, when was it? Yesterday or the day before, I tried a live stream and it didn't work. I lasted <laughs> maybe 25 seconds and that was it. So I had to, I basically just deleted the video. It glitched straight away. My internet couldn't handle the upload, uploading uh, the live stream thing. So I, I just killed it. There was no stream. It was just a title for 30 seconds and then that was it. But uh, the video will be up tomorrow morning, which is, it's now 11 p.m. my time. I'm aiming to have it up about 10 a.m. Uh, my time tomorrow morning. <clears throat> Are you Tokai's Chinese made or Japanese made? So the ones that I've got now, the LS110 and the 145, which is that 335, they're both made in Japan. I've owned two of the made in China ones. I had an SG and I had a Les Paul. And I also had a Korean made Les Paul uh, a while back, which, yeah, you know, you go through those periods where you're like, man, I'm going to sell some stuff to sort of help cover costs. That's one of those things I let go for next to nothing. I should have kept it. So that, those guitars are all good. Shiny Fender, yeah. Those, um, for those who want my quick opinion on the Tone Master stuff, <laughs> it is it is damn good. It is damn good. Um, I'm I'm shocked after my experience with the with the GT amps, the 200 that I purchased. And, you know, that was trying to replicate a twin. I, pl I plugged into this with the same expectation of, here we go. I, I was like, I was excited, but I, I wasn't overly, what's the right word? I, I, I wasn't hopeful. <laughs> I plugged in, you know, Dr. Rick actually likes these. He, he was, he played one at a shop recently and said, they've got it right. I went, he goes, yeah, but you know, you got to try him live and all this, and he's right. You do, but this could easily... Well, I don't want to spoil the video, but it's by far the best modeling amp I've ever, I've ever played. Uh, let's go down here. Looks like a barbecue. Sounds good just seeing it. It is great. I'm, I'm stunned. Yeah, so this is the, one of the downsides. Quicksilver says a little expensive on the... On the expensive side, uh, they are. They're expensive. And in Australia, they're not uh, <laughs> about twice the price. I think they sell for $8.99 US, maybe 800 bucks somewhere around there. 
like 1600 Australian dollars. So they aren't cheap. But there's, it's weird. It's weird saying how like great it sounds. I've owned a twin. I had it for about four months and I sold it because it was a pain in the ass to move. And you know what? Back then, like my twin, it was all right, but it wasn't great. It was one of those sort of all right twins. I had a DeVille and I kind of preferred the DeVille. But this, this is this is really something cool. I think this will be a a bit of a change of um, the future coming up. Now I really think they've they've nailed it. I wouldn't be surprised if Fender start re releasing other versions of these amps, whether it be like a Super Reverb or you know Deville or a Hora Deluxe with this sort of lightweight portable portability. It, it's it's really cool. Guitar Ray says, hi, Shane. Finally caught a live show. Uh, hi from the West. Welcome, mate. Yeah, I haven't done a live stream for two months. I tried last night or the night before and it didn't work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Sorry about this cut on my chin. It's driving me bananas. Uh, how old is my 52 Rish Italian? Have I changed the pickguard or suffered any uh, Bakelite warp? Uh, no, the pickguard's been fine. I got it in 2010. I'm pretty sure that was the year I got it. The only thing I've done... Well, actually, I've done quite a lot to it. I've changed the input jack. I've used one of those screw-in ones because they're way more reliable. Changed the pickups to the Joe Barden, Danny Gatton ones. I've also changed the pots because they needed to be replaced. And that's it. So, yeah. But the, uh, the scratch plate's been fine. Shane said they're sorting out supply chain issues. Hopefully they'll start appearing in the US. Oh, sorry if I missed the question, guys. Yeah, the um, if that was in relation to the artist stuff, just hang in there. I think they're gonna you'll you'll see a, a proper site pop up with um at some point soon. There's there's you know I think when you trade internationally, there's a lot to sort out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hang in there. Oh, here we go. Let's go down here. Whoa. How many people we got here tonight? I just went live just to see if it would work more than 77 people. Far out. Cool. We'll stay for about an hour. It's uh, 11 o'clock here in the evening. Sorry, my I'm trying to scroll down here. I'm not sure how to pronounce your first name. And I uh, is it most Mazes? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Or Tez from Somewhere I can't pronounce, Paraguay, South America. Awesome stuff. Welcome. Cashed up Bogan. <laughs> hey, Vsaudio, welcome. Welcome from sunny Greece. You know, we had a couple of hot days and then it's back to being crap. I actually went down the beach yesterday and got out and about for a bit. It was beautiful. Mr. Cream says, uh, for your review vids, do you run a wireless receiver? Uh of your lapel straight into your UR22 sound card. No, I don't. So, I, funny you mentioned that. Actually, I got it sitting right here. So, um, is my camera glitching again? Sorry. Let's uh, let's kill it for a sec. All right, hopefully that works. So, um, I use the Rode Link wireless system straight into the GH5. I just plug it straight in, 
and um, that's it and it works works great i only use the steinberg for um guitar audio that's it i should now that i've got this working fine i could probably run a shotgun microphone but i find like if you turn around you lose your voice and it sucks <laughs> so the roadlink wireless stuff uh, is is pretty great Most people that have tried the Tone Master stuff say they're good, uh, good at a price. I thought that would be a lower price point. They kind of should be lo a lower price point, but the physical build quality of these is much better than like a, not to say they're built badly, but the Fender Mustang GT amps feel like they're made to a price. These actually feel and look like a premium amp, like they have that high-end Fender look, given they are made over, like in, made in China, I think probably. By the, I should check that. Yeah, I think they're made in China, but you wouldn't know it. And not to say that China doesn't make great stuff, because all of my camera equipment and computer equipment and all that, except for my microphone, but a lot of the stuff that I use for videos is all made in China. And you just never know sometimes. But uh, this doesn't feel like they've really skimped anywhere. So I think a lot of it would probably be the. The premium sort of cab you know and, and the the high quality speakers they didn't half-ass the speakers which is a great thing as well usually you know a lot of modeling amps except for the katana actually the katana has always had pretty solid speakers but the speakers in this kick ass <laughs> how come fender doesn't make any amp heads only the bass breaker in recent years yeah that's about it i mean look they made the um supersonic 60 and 100 but they they both got discontinued for a while and then the 60 got remade again i don't know what what the deal was with that but you don't see too many um fender heads anymore i wouldn't be so surprised if a head of one of these pops up at some point in time yeah i don't know maybe they will Yep, the Vibula pedal is still on my pedal board, and so is the uh, dual, the dual fusion, uh, the dual fusion, the dual overdrive pedal. What's it called? The uh, Royal Flush. It's still on there. I think, like I said, depending on my gig, it depends on what pedal pedals I take with me. Usually, my overdrive changes if I use the Artist Tweed Tone. If I use my Fender, or I don't really use too many with the Marshall, but it, if I use my Fender amp. Uh, the Royal Flush rocks. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a beast. Yeah, I finally feel like, you know what? I got a podcast coming up on Sunday with Rick. It goes for about 40 minutes about modeling modeling stuff and how we sort of think where it's going and how we think they could improve it. And I suggest something in that video that no one's done. And I'm sure it will happen now. Not because I've suggested it, but it can't be too far off from happening. There's always one sort of functionality issue with a lot of modeling amps, excluding the Tone Master these things, you just use them like a normal amp, and that's what's great about them. But there's always one thing that I always struggle with with a lot of these digital amps, and if they made just this one small change to the functionality, it would be so much better. So um, I think things are finally going to... I think things will become more simple, which is why I like the idea of this next tone amp as well. Um, it has a few effects, but it's not really like a, a deep dive kind of amp where you got to go through a million different things in it. 
that appealed to me as well. Do you know if the Joyo Band amp Blue Jay is a gigable amp if connected to a single 112? Uh, it just depends really on, on where you're playing, mate. Where I play, no. It just wouldn't be loud enough. If I'm if I'm playing at a somewhere that's got a bit more of uh, uh, what's the word? Like if I if I you would take it to a small gig and you'd be okay with it. Um, but twenty watts isn't a lot of headroom. You'd have to boost it up with pedals. Depending on the speaker you use as well, that could be the determining factor. If you've got a high efficiency speaker, like say over 102 decibels, you'll probably get enough volume out of it. But if you got something like a a Celestian 7080 or whatever, which isn't a bad speaker sometimes too, but it's not going to have the headroom of some of these other speakers. So my instinct is to say no, but maybe, depending on where you play. BV Ninja, thanks for that. Don't forget to give Shane a thumbs up. All right, SM says, hey, from Adelaide, what are your opinions on Chapman guitars? Um, they have some lefties. I've only really seen... Two lefties in my time anywhere. I don't really see them too much in there. I saw a lefty at the Melbourne Guitar Show and another one at uh, Music Junction in Camberwell. And I, this was the first generation ones too, and they were quite heavy. And I wasn't like overly in... I'm not, they're not bad guitars, but I, I, there was nothing there to really grab me. I, I, I was like, eh, they, they're nice, but, you know, I don't need another guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much my uh, rationalization there. But, yeah, look, they're probably fine. I just, I don't know. I just don't get along with, um, I think I prefer, I think when it comes to fenders or, or strats and tallies, I prefer to go for a fender. If I'm playing, if, I'm, if I am looking for something different, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see what I can do. Maybe I can borrow some at some point from somewhere and, and give them a go. I'm just a little bit out of the loop with them. That's, that's pretty much it. Lando says, I think the wood construction of the Tone Master is a step up from the putty ball. It is. It's pine. It uh, it smells great as well. You get the amp out of the box and you're like, it smells like a Fender amp. <laughs> it's such a dorky thing, but you know what I mean. It it It's, yeah, it's really good. Uh, Shane, I put a neck and middle set from a classic players strat in my strat, classic play strat in my strat, and they have helped me get that classic glassy strat tone. Awesome. Quentin James, welcome. Any thoughts on the new more SD30 modeling amp? Uh, just came in at Pat's Music. Cool. That's where I bought my. Uh, where, what did I buy from there? My. Uh, Blues Deluxe. You know what? I haven't looked into that amp, man. So I'm not too sure. I've just Googled it just to see what I can find. Um, but it's something that... You know, I saw... No, I haven't seen one of these before. You know what? I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I've just seen a picture of it now. I'm like, no. Nah. I missed all of that. Last year, I got to see a couple of things before they got released, but that wasn't one of them. So... Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, Guy Bravada says, uh, good morning. What would you buy, a Supersonic 22 or Bass Breaker 60? Uh, Supersonic 22, 
if I was going to buy a, bra a brace breaker, I'd get the 30R. I don't really like any of the others. The 15 is okay because it's got reverb, but the 30 is the best. They're two different things too. One, you're buying like a louder amp. The other one, you're buying like a, a 22 watt amp. So um, yeah, th those are sort of questions you need to find out what, what's best suited for your situation. But yeah, I would stay away from the uh, the um, bass breaker 60s and all that. I, you know, Dr. Rick blew one up on camera. Uh, nearly all of the ones from that range we saw had problems. Like they were the really rattly valves and one of the speakers had fallen out from the cabinet inside the actual bottom of the amp. And, and yeah, I don't know. I, the, the 30R is by far the best one in that range. I, I love that amp. Metalhead Hippie, welcome. Did I ever come across hard guitars? They make some great custom tallies, half the price of a Fender Custom Shop. I don't know those, but I'm going to search it and put a little uh, tab, tab up here so I can look into them. Very cool. Any chance of seeing an offset shootout, uh, Jag, a JM, etc.? So tomorrow, <laughs> I actually changed my schedule. I, I did have a a Jazzmaster guitar going up on the on the channel, but I've pushed that back a few weeks now because I want to get this Fender amp video up. While uh, while I know people are still interested, otherwise, you know, if you miss that wave, it can it can really not do very well. I put a lot of work into the video, so uh, I've changed the schedule up. But there are some different guitars coming up finally, so and and some more of the same too. Let me just scroll down. <laughs> artist grunge master or a secondhand squire your review of the artist was pretty positive yeah that guitar was great uh same can't be said for their les paul uh, the one uh, i got sent one it was it was unplayable i sent it back the second one turned up i sent it straight back i was like no nah. the um their sort of uh grunge master was easily playable straight out of the box as was that new Telecaster too, the one with the two humbuckers. They're both good. I think out of all of the ones that I've tried from them, those two would be probably the best. The 335 was really good too, actually. That was a really good guitar. Hey, Jamal, welcome. Says, hey, mate, finally got the internet going. Yeah, just... <laughs> I get it working, then my webcam glitches. It's uh, it's the curse, man. I was disappointed that Brian Wampler didn't upgrade to a five-way pickup selector on his PRSSE. I haven't actually... I don't know if I've seen that video or not, if it's a new one. Mick says, agree on the Chapman, bought an ML2 and sold it very quickly, just didn't gel with it and had very average pickups Uh very metally. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You know, having that like figure eight thing on the fretboard isn't really like, it doesn't really scream sort of blues player. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being a dickhead, but uh, yeah, it, it's not really my, visually, it's not really my sort of thing. It reminds me, I think of like, yeah, harder sort of rock guitars, which aren't a bad thing. I mean, some of them are beautiful, but it's not, not really my sort of personality. 
You are not fond of that Gibson standard blueberry burst. I have the same guitar. I don't mess with the push-pull stuff. Yeah, look, the push-pull pots on those things were terrible, and it, it had way too many options, I think, internally as well. Like, there was dip switches and all kinds of stuff. I just wanted a good humbucker guitar, and it was great in humbucker mode. I could play that all day. It was just, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with the the rest of its configuration, but, uh, uh, you know, when the new ones are finally arriving left-handed at Sky, I'll be able to grab them and, and do some reviews on them as well. But hey, it was a it was a nice guitar. There was nothing wrong with it otherwise. Just lots and pull pull push pull pots that I would never use. As much as I love the gear talk, can you show talk about that sweet quilted jacket you own for the next thirty minutes? Quilted jacket. You're talking about that uh, Aldi one that I got, that the uh, the the pleather one. Hey, thanks thanks for the super chat, Andy. I appreciate that. I'm not exactly sure what you mean by uh, quilted jacket there, but uh, yeah, if you mean that that Aldi special, that rocks. <laughs> Just what a guitarist needs in his 40s, man a, a fake leather jacket to complete the uh, stereotype. What's my take on the G2, G3, G4 rev pedals? Uh, I don't know anything about them, to be honest. I kind of keep out of the pedal loop now. There's just too many of them. They say for every every child that's born, two pedal companies are born or something like that. That's the, the running meme. So um, I've actually, I'm a bit out of it, out of the loop. I, I just, I'm no, I'm no good at keeping up with the trends. I'm usually too busy uh, cutting videos up. But uh, yeah, look, ref pedals make good stuff, so... Hopefully, hopefully that stuff's good, but yeah, I don't know is the quick answer. Jamal says, I thought about getting a Chapman V a few years ago, um, but Gibson finally made a lefty. That's right. You know, one of the best Vs I ever played was a Dean. It was a USA-made one. I played it at Jerry's Lefty Guitars. It had a Floyd Rose, which is scary for a blues idiot like myself, but man, the tones of that thing were so good. They were just unreal. They were really, really good. Um, on par with with mine, you know. Like it's uh, it's it's a great sound. So uh, thanks again, Andy Mac. I appreciate that. If I did miss the joke, please let me know. And the eighties wig, yeah. You know what? Since I moved, I don't know where that is. I went looking for it the other day because I ha- I had an opportunity to break it out, and I went, I have no idea where this has gone. Have I ever gigged with multi-effects pedal units before? I've been noticing a lot of people using them live. I've tried a few times um, over the years. I had a Line 6 M13. Couldn't stand the overdrives for the sound that I like. I loved the delays, but the thing was way too large. I flipped it and I bought independent pedals. I've tried it a few times over the years. I think the best – actually, this brings it sort of to the podcast topic that's coming up is the – Best all-in-one multi-effects pedal, hands down, is the New X Cerebus. Uh, and it's just a functionality thing. They got they get it right. Like, everything's just there. So, uh, in terms of full digital boards, no. I, it doesn't interest me at all. I like to test them out. And actually, I'm going to do a video. I've been thinking about this for a while. And this might be a good opportunity to see if I can take something 
I'm looking down here because I've got a pile full of stuff. I want to see if I can take some of these all-in-one boards and make it sound anywhere near as good as my actual pedal board and then also see whether or not I can make it as functional. That's that's the test. And I've got something else I'm going to show you. All right, I've got to show you this. So this is a company that uh, makes some pretty elaborate and and strange stuff. And being that I don't do too many pedals these days, I, I, I'm i pretty selective and I saw this and I went, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a go. This is called the Plasma Coil. And uh, this is unlike, you might have seen some videos of this or some promo of this go up. Um, there's this like high voltage charge that happens internally and you get this plasma beam that sort of lights up across here. It's not an LED, it's something else. It's pretty crazy. I'm looking really forward. I haven't plugged this in or done anything with it yet. It's from um, Game Changer Audio. They make uh, like synthesizers and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, I thought this might be, I don't know. I haven't even heard it or whatever. I saw it and I went, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen on giving this a go. Um, but yeah, in terms of a lot of the other pedals that are out there, I, it's hard to keep up with them, man. There's just, there's just too many and, I find now I'm less reluctant to, no, I'm more reluctant to change anything on my pedal board because it works. You know, I might do a video about my process about determining whether or not something will make it onto the board because that might be a handy thing for people to sort of know about that process, you know. Scroll down. Hi, Shane. Would a Champion 40 still be uh, re relevant against all the 50 watts now? I watched you five years ago review on a 40 more than a few times. Uh, those are cool amps, man. There's nothing wrong with them. And I think, like, from what I understand, they're not discontinued. At least I still see those around everywhere. And funny you mentioned that, actually. I revisited the, the Champion 100. Uh, about once every four years, I do a video on those just to see how they stack up. And it, it was great. I really enjoyed the... The usability and tones out of it I, I thought they were great so the 50xl is good it's actually really good for its price um and 10 watts isn't really going to make a huge difference but from what i understand the 50xl has a better speaker than the um the older ones but it's all subjective stuff Which artist guitars have you tried now? And what's your thoughts on them? I'm um, pretty solid overall. The only one I didn't like was the the actual um, Les Paul that they make with the bull bucket pickups. The the build quality on it wasn't very good, so I sent them back. But the three three five was good. Probably the most playable too was the um, the Grunge Master with the with those like single coil kind of Jazz Master pickups. The single coil that looked like P90s. And also that tally that I recently reviewed too. That that thing played great. I think that's about all the ones of theirs that I've I've tried. Hey Robert Baker, welcome man. Quicksilver says just uh just quickly though, Gibson seems to be discontinuing a lot of lefty models. Yeah, I don't get it. And what I don't understand about all these guitar companies, right? Like Epiphone are the worst. 
they just don't release anything new in left-handed. They always release the same stuff. So they were probably like, oh, I wonder why we're not selling too many of these. Let's discontinue more because you've released the same guitars. Anyone who wanted one has probably already got one. They're not going to go back and buy another one of the same color in exactly the same model every year. They should be releasing new ones all the time and trying new ones. Like I'd buy an Epiphone Casino tomorrow if I could find a new one. You know, like I would love to get one, but they just don't make them. They always re-release the same guitars. They made a 339. I'd be interested in that as well. I, I really don't get it. So Gibson, from what I understand, have made more lefties lately than they've ever made. I, I don't know if they're, they're pulling it back, but uh, I haven't heard that. How far are you really away for your gigs in the future? Oh, so uh, he's asking, <laughs> Crazy Dog's asking when I'll get the base breaker 30R. You know what? Right now, I, I don't need it. I'm... I love the Marshall, man. I, I, it'd be a hard amp for me to top. You know, hearing them in isolation is one thing, but hearing them out in the mix is where the Marshall rocks. It's got the best. I love that tone, man. And it was a little bit darker compared to the bass breaker, but if, if I wanted bright, I'd put the stock speaker back in and it'd be way brighter. So to buy an amp that's so similar to one I've already got isn't probably the smartest move. So I, I at least right now, I'm not going to do anything about it. If I do sell something and there's space... And there's funds, maybe. But as of right now, I've got enough amps. You know, I, I really feel like I cover all the bases with the stuff I've got. And now this Fender Twin amp is sitting on the floor. So uh, that may sort of make a few of my amps redundant. We'll see. If you're not uh, sub to Robert Baker, guys, go check out his channel. He, he has uh, some of the best videos out there. He's learning to play. He's only been playing a few months, but he's getting the hang of it. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys. Go over to Instagram and recently Robert challenged me to the no-look guitar challenge, which was a play some music and you shut your eyes without touching the guitar and then you play and you see how long you can go before you butcher it. <laughs> and i got to say, Robert did a great job and I then challenged Mike Bradley as well. Oh, let me just scroll back. Far out. I'm like right behind here in the comments. I'll scroll down here. If I missed your question, guys, just feel free to ask again here. Liam says, hey, Shane, I just moved to Melbourne. Do you know of any good guitar teachers? And how did you get into gigging around town? You just got to get out there, man. Record something and visit venues and drop off CDs and do all that kind of stuff. There's no secret to it. You can do that anywhere you like. Um, so... Yeah, in terms of good guitar teachers, I know a few. I'll type one guy's name into the oh, – who asked the question? Sorry, Liam. All right. I've just given you a name. You can search that plus guitar teacher or instructor, and it, his website will come straight up. He's a guy I've known for like 20 years, great player. Actually, he'll be on the next one of the next live things. I haven't asked him yet, but I, I know he'll be interested. So, yeah, he's a great player. Oh, Jamal says, oh, sorry, Metalhead Hippie says, uh, what do I think about the GNL uh, Tribute ASAC Classic? You know, I haven't played the Tribute stuff being a lefty, but they make good guitars. I used to own one of the, the ASAT, um, like, US ones, and it was a really nice guitar. I really wish I had kept that. I sold it for next to nothing. That was another 
bad choice. <laughs> Hello from Georgetown, Ontario, Canada. Uh, so no more PV Bandit? Nah, I don't have a PV Bandit anymore, unfortunately. I had three PV amps at one point. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like collecting these things. <laughs> um, you know, my ear just... I, I was using the Tweet Tone. I was using my Marshall. The Marshall does everything the PV Bandit does, but sadly, it, it does it that little bit better. Um, and I love the, the tones of the Red Stripe PV Bandits. I've gigged with them for years. I've taken them to jam nights. I've put them on recordings and albums. Friends have borrowed it to record on albums for them. And yeah, they're such a great amp. Like I said earlier, if you missed that, every I've had three of three or four of the Red Stripe ones. So odds are I'll probably end up with another one down the track. But even in this place, I've got a spare room for all my junk. The spare room's full. So I'm going to do a big purge coming up pretty soon. I don't like to hoard stuff if I'm not playing it. You know, if, if something's not getting used... It might as well not be in the house. That's the way I look at it right now. I got it two, two by twelve boxes. I got to get rid of because I'm not using them. I don't take them anywhere. They were just filling up floor space, and they've they've migrated <laughs> they've migrated to the other room, so they've got to go. I don't. I've never been one to hoard anything. If I don't use a camera for three months, I sell it. If I don't use a mic, uh, microphones, I keep. But if you know stuff like that, if if things don't get used, they go. Jamal says, if you've seen the Southpaw Guitars Instagram, they got 17 Les Paul Juniors and sold out of all. Well, I didn't know they sold them all, but I did see that post go up. Um, yeah, they, they got, they've got some great stuff. My next trip overseas, uh, I'm to the States. I'll hook up with your man. We'll go check out that joint. That'll be great. Online busker, hey, from Spain. Where did I get those pl uh, plaques on the wall? These are all ones I found off Google Images, right? So I just typed in um, like Albert King posters and Dr. John posters and you can find all of these on Google Images. Uh, I've had them laminated. Some of the ones along the top are like high gloss, but all the ones in the middle and some of the ones below it are all like matte finish, which is now how I should have done them all. But uh, these ones are great. If you're talking about the ones in the podcast room, uh, I did a video about that called Amazing Blues Art which I've had all of those framed. They look un unreal. So just type in Amazing Blues Art by Abraham into YouTube. It'll come straight up as well. You can find out more about that. Hey, John Matrix. Thanks, man. Good morning from Texas. That's my shocking Texas accent. Uh, how are you getting your pod mic to sound so good? I have one and it sounds terrible. Maybe mine is defective. No, it's a... It's, uh, it's the curse of poor. What's poor? Uh, poor informative marketing. Like they sound fantastic. These mics are so good, but you do need some stuff to get them to sound right. You need a preamp that can actually push this hard enough. A lot of preamps. If you just plug it straight into the sound card, it's not going to work, right? You need to have this thing called a cloud lifter, which is a, a basically like a preamp that sits between the cable and the sound card to jack the mic volume up. I tell you what, this is the easiest thing. Go to Geeky Nerdy Techie on YouTube. It's my other channel. It's got about 5,000 subs now. I've pretty much tell you exactly how to hook one of these up and get the most out of them. And I also do a comparison between uh, the Procaster microphone as well. You do need a, a really higher headroom preamp to get the most out of these. I haven't got any EQ on or anything like that. Uh, just, yeah, you, you got to get the most out of them by getting a preamp. So you can get a DBX286S or Cloudlifter. 
in this room, I'm running it through a Behringer Ultra Gain Pro, which is a, a preamp, and then that's going through a this thing called the Composer. And this is stuff they don't tell you. This is what sucks about microphone marketing. All of these low output or low gain dynamic microphones, whether it's the Shure SM7B, the Procaster, the PodMic, or any of these other ones, you need a preamp designed to work with these mics. Otherwise, they don't sound good. And, and so many people aren't aware of that when they buy them. I, when I did exactly the same thing. I bought a Procaster. I'm like, why does this sound so average? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, you got to get a good, you actually need a good preamp. So hopefully that helps. Um, yeah, so just check out Geeky Nerdy Techie. Thanks, thanks for that as well, John. I appreciate it. Hey, Guitar Hack. Welcome, man. Thanks, Jamal. I appreciate that. So next year, I'm definitely going to go away. I've got... I'm going to fill you in on a little bit of a, a bit of an in, inside secret here that isn't so inside. But um, next year, I'm going to change the the scope of the channel. And I do this from time to time. I start bringing in new series of stuff. I try new st- things. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. But I'm already starting to sort of like structure this trip where I'll get a lot of really great content and also um, do some collaboration stuff that will be really fun and very music-centric stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. One of the plans I've got is going to be it should maybe open up the channel to a wider audience. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but... It's the most exciting idea I've had in a long time, and it's something that I've never done. Uh, I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be fun. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm still going to do the gear stuff and all that as well, but I'll, I'll be mixing in some, hopefully, some other content. Mix says, "Can't wait for the Tone Master Twin review. Also, have a DSL 40C, uh, but wanting something easier to cart around with a nice, clean sound." Uh, it is so much lighter than my Marshall. The tone, the Tone Master rocks. It's one of the best clean tones I've ever played. It's a really, it's a beautiful, beautiful sound. John Matrix says I have the DBX two eight six S SE Dynamite and the Behringer Composer and Ultra Game Pro. Well, you should be able to get a really good sound out of it. Like all I'm doing right now is running the gain on the Ultra Game Pro up. And I'm running it through the composer, which I've got set to not a noise gate mode, but uh, the expander mode. And I've got the enhance. Actually, I shouldn't have said I've got no EQ. I've got the enhance and the treble boost on, which seems to work really well. If my suggestion would be try to eliminate all of everything, all the cables patching through to stuff the cable going to the microphone, try another mic and see if you can get anything out of it. Start troubleshooting everything in the, in the chain. That's that's what I do when stuff goes wrong. I'm like, all right, something's wrong. What is it? And we, you try everything. If you don't have a second mic, it might be tough, but, you know, Rode have like a five-year warranty, man. Just, yeah, they'll, yeah, you'll be able to get it replaced. If you've got a, you a 286S, the audio should be way better than what you're listening to right now. Hey, thanks, BV Ninja. I appreciate that. The link's just been posted to the other channel. When am I coming to the UK? <laughs> Man, you know what? I'd love to. After visiting Germany and um, you know Denmark and Sweden, some of the most beautiful places I've ever been, I'll have to get over there at some point. 
Can't wait for the new content. Thanks, Jamal. Yeah, me either. I'm looking forward to doing some different stuff. You know, I was like, well, yeah, I think it's time for a change. You know, I, I really feel like I'm, I've done so many gear videos over the years. And when I do get to do Guitar Search Saturdays or the podcast, it's something different, different sort of pace, different train of thought. You know, it's it's more enjoyable doing sort of like the other stuff to some extent. I don't mind doing the gear, the gear thing either, obviously, but I've been trying to mix in more unique sort of stuff over the last few years at least anyway. But, you know, coming up to Christmas, you know, it's just a, there's so many. It's in my best interest just to keep making videos normally as I would until I can actually film and get these other videos done because they're going to take time and they're going to take a bit of, a bit of, it's going to be a new skill to edit them. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, uh, online busker says, or a fethead better than the cloud lifter. I, I'm not a huge fan of the cloud lifters. I think they're too expensive for what you get. Uh, I'd m much prefer to buy like a proper preamp than one of those. If you've got a 286S, like I said, just plug it into another microphone and see if you can get it to work. I have a feeling that could be something to do with the signal out into the sound card that makes it sound no good uh, because I'm, I'm really not doing anything flash. And make sure you're not um, butchering the com the compression. If you don't know how to use compression properly, find some tutorials on it about the unit that you've got um, because it's, that's how I learned how to use them. <laughs> Hello from Italy. Welcome, Gian. Hey, Cass. How you doing, man? Is there a sonic difference between the deluxe and the tone and the twin tone masters? Yeah, so they'll be the twins are inherently a more clean amplifier uh, through the entire scope of the volume control. Look, you can get the tone master twin to break up, but it doesn't. It won't sound the same. They they are two different voicings. Fat Philosopher says, what would you recommend for a 13-year-old uh, leaning towards getting my daughter an Ibanez S-Series? Also left the name Shane, who bought a GC100. Cool. Um, are we talking electric guitar? Is that what we're talking about? Or do you want to know about acoustics? If it's an acoustic, I'd probably say go for a court. They offer great value for money, playability, all that kind of thing. They're just a, a great instrument all around. Uh, Ibanez make good stuff too. I haven't actually played a lot of Ibanez lefty electric guitars. I own a couple. I've owned a couple of their bases over the years, and still own one now. Uh, they're very, very solid instrument. But um, yeah, I, I would just choose one. Like if you choose get an Ibanez, odds are you're going to be pretty much fine in terms of playability. And if she likes the the look of it, then you're laughing. Lefty Mike says, your demo of the Egnator amp sounded awesome. Was the amp yours? And if so, why'd you sell it? So I did buy it. I bought it and I loved it in the shop. I got it home and I'm like, it's the best amp ever. I took it out and the speaker box was Buzz City. You know, you get stuff up to a gig volume and I realized quickly that that speaker box that I got with it was was a mess. It's the biggest Achilles heel of the Egnator stuff was their speaker boxes. Closed back, no headroom. And you know what? Within the first time I used it live... The hinges that held the the handle on the top of the the box rattled off. I was like, I'm taking this back. So I, I ended up um, 
paying like an extra couple hundred bucks and I got my deluxe reverb. So at home and at the shop, the Eggnator was um, like an amazing, amazing tone. Funnily enough, I, I heard the exact same amp a while back through a 212 Fender box and it was brilliant. Like the Eggnator killed it with a great speaker box. I just panicked and I took it back and went, oh man, I should have probably got the Fender. So they'd cut me a great deal and I was able to take it back. So I was laughing. But back then I wasn't really into... That was the first head and box I'd ever I'd ever purchased, uh, and I realized like uh, combos are just that little bit easier, you know. Tell you what, I might uh, just grab a drink and then come back. I didn't bring one in, did I? Ah, oh, it's always the way. Uh, Soundscape says, uh, Alistair from. Frankston, welcome, mate. Just wondering if you've ever had a chance to AB the Celestian Alnico range, blue, gold, cream. Uh, which are your favorite speakers? All right, so it really depends on the amp you're using as well. Um, the Celestian blues are great in Vox amps because they take out a bit of that sort of shrilliness on the high end, but they're such low output that they don't handle a lot of power, so they're not the best choice. The golds are awesome, but you're going to need to mortgage your house to buy one. They're really expensive. Uh, they're, they're in a lot of higher-end amplifiers, as is the Creamback. I think the Creamback ones are probably the most, what's the word I'm looking for, articulate across the board. They may be a, somewhat a little bit bass-heavy, but overall, they're, they're all good in their own way. The golds are probably the standout. Um, WGS also make a replica of the... Celestian Gold that doesn't look anything like it, but they, they've got one that's way less expensive. So you might be able to get some, some uh, you might save some bucks uh, doing that, but I'm I'm a huge fan of eminent speakers. I, I've very rarely heard any I like as much as their consistency and just immediate tone difference. But, you know, the Creambacks are, are really s sort of silky smooth and articulate. You hear all the notes. Uh, the golds have probably a bit more attitude. The blues I would probably not recommend unless you've got a Vox and you want a speaker with that can only handle, what are they, like 20 watts or something. So, yes, I have uh, compared some of these against each other. Not all of them, though. Just the cream back. And I think I, I did a test of the Unico blues versus like the Celestian greenbacks or something at one point. Tahak says, hey, Shane, I just discovered the PRS standard. Great guitar for a cheap. Cool. Yeah, some great PRS guitars out there. You know, I'm. they weren't even on my radar a few years back. And, man, I, I played my, my SE the other night, and it was just like, it's just too easy. It's great. Anything that makes um, guitar playing easier for me is a good thing. That's the way I look at it. Thanks for the feedback on the Tone Masters. Hopefully, Sky starts stocking them soon. I love to see. Uh, I seem to love giving those guys my money. <laughs> yeah, me too, mate. Um, they've already got them, so they've got the twins in now as well. We both got them pretty much the same day. Uh, but the deluxes on order. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. I, I'm going to borrow one as soon as I can. But yeah, go check them out. I, I, it's hard to convey enthusiasm on a gear video. I mean, it's easy. Like you can see if. I'm enjoying it or not uh, or whatever, but when you hear how good these things are in person, you'll go, oh, that doesn't sound like a modeling amp. But yeah. 
Hey, Zach. Zach, welcome, mate. <clears throat> Zach Thong. I almost said your name wrong there, mate. Eminence is here in Kentucky. Yeah, Eminence, man. Love their stuff. What are those circular things? They're bargain price strap locks. You reviewed them a while ago. I did. And they are these. <laughs> I got two on hand right here. You can get these from, uh, they're just called safety locks. That's pretty much what they're called. Uh, if you just type in rubber strap lock, they come straight up as well. Um, Fender make them and all kinds of brands. I think these are like 50 cents each. Uh, and they're great. You know, I bought maybe five or six pairs of these or maybe more and they're on most of my guitars. Uh, they've been great. They're really good. There's only a few guitars that they don't sort of fit well on depending on the strap uh, pins, but otherwise they've been, they've been great. Maestro says, I've been playing guitar for about a year now and have one of those cheap Vox Pathfinder amps. They're pretty good too, those little guys. Uh, but thinking getting a used Marshall DSL 40C or use PV uh, Bandit 112. Um, both are great, you know, like they're just different. The If you're going to get a, one of the DSL 40Cs, get the CR, which is the last year's one or, or newer. Um, they're less fizzy. I think they get loaded with a better speaker as well. You get the the um, the vintage, what's it called, the Celestian V-Type as opposed to the 7080. The 7080s aren't bad. You know, I, I'm starting to like them a little more than I used to, but... Um, yeah, they're just a better sounding amp. Like when I t tested a Marshall DSLC from maybe two years, two or three years ago, I couldn't stand it. I tried the the um, forty watt new one, and I was like, "Man, this is great." So yeah, they're, they're quite a bit different in terms of at least overall oomph as well. They like, really nailed it. Uh, amps older than the ones a few years ago will also be really good. I think there was one series where the reliability wasn't very good and the tone wasn't very good. But yeah, either of those amps are great. I've used both in, at gigs all day and they're fine. Hey Shane, I'm kind of new to gear stuff. What's the difference between tweeds and blackfaces? So in terms of just how they sound tonally, right? Uh, the blackface sound is more of a higher headroom, sort of more bottom end and more top end, whereas the tweed sound is a bit more of a pushed mids. It also does have a, a bright top end, but it's not a nice sort of sound in, in the conventional sense. If you plug into a Fender Twin or a, or a Deluxe Reverb, there's a real smoothness to the sound, whereas a Tweed Amp really has a lot of punchy mids and attitude, and it gets dirty quick. You turn up a Tweed Amp to the point it gets saturated, it's going to have a very different sound in the mix to say something like a, a, like a Deluxe Reverb. Not one's better than the other, but they're just completely different in terms of their voicing. It's almost like the frequencies that are missing in some of the blackface amps are present in the tweed and vice versa. Really fancy that PRS uh, SE, hollow body in Trampet screen. Cool. Josh Smith played my PRS Silver Sky last week. Wow. He was complimentary about it and the brand. He's a great player, man. You know, I, uh, Rick and I were talking about him on the last podcast. It was, yeah, he's got a lot of great lessons. You know, I, I actually looked in, into his uh, eminent speaker. He's done like an artist series one, and 
I don't know if I like it. You know, I know he's looking for a particular sound, but I wasn't overly impressed by the tone. I think his live tone is phenomenal. I, this new speaker, I'm not convinced yet, but in terms of just him being a great player and a, a cool dude, man, you, yeah, what a dude. He's coming back, I think, to Australia pretty soon too. Anyone here know how to send a super chat from somewhere other than America? Maybe it's my VPN, but Google won't accept another country other than America. Uh, it should work for the majority of countries out there. Uh, but yeah, maybe VPNs are, are doing something a bit tough. <laughs> maybe you're route routed through one of the non-functional countries. Trevor from uh, Port Orchard, Washington. Welcome. Yeah, everyone likes those beer, you know, the ones you get, these rubber things you get from the beer um, bottles. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't drink, well, I have cider from time to time, but it's not going to focus. But, yeah, there it is. Grohl strap locks, there we go. They're the ones. Dr. Nerd says, love big headroom amps. Taking me a lot of trial and error to realize that's my sound. They're great. Yeah, I go through this phase where I think I love small amps and then I plug into a high headroom one. I'm like, oh, man, it's the sound of doom. It's so good. That's pretty much why I sold my deluxe reverb in the end. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it wasn't loud enough, believe it or not, for a lot of the gigs we were doing. It was loud enough for some of them, but not all of them. And then when I compared it to the Blues Deluxe side by side, I just went, oh, there's no comparison. Like, it's so much more out of the Blues Deluxe in terms of just... You know, a punchy sound, big, clean headroom, which really makes a difference when you play live. My goal this weekend, if I don't go to Austin, is to break out the V and play. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Get back into it. I know this is going to make for some terrible viewing, but I'm going to go grab a, a quick drink. I'll come back. We'll chat for a bit longer. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get a, a bit of a sore throat, so um, just bear with me. I'll be like 30 seconds, tops. I thought I'd fool everybody by grabbing a bottle of water, but look. <laughs> oh, man. The addiction is real. Guitar hack, take it easy, man. All the best. Why do people take their 500 to 5,000 guitars and install the cheapest strap locks they can buy? Yeah, I don't know. And the funny thing is not all of them are reliable anyway. You know, like even, even some of the more expensive ones can break. I had a few um, break on me recently and... That's why I went over to those rubber things. I was like, ah, oh. just blew a whole lot of money on strap locks and two out of the, like, the 16 failed or something. I was like, I'm getting rid of all of these. But they weren't that expensive either. Um, John says, hi, Shane. Welcome from the UK. Love your show. Thanks, mate. Be nice to visit NAM this year. Yeah, I keep getting emails about NAM. I Problem is, like, I don't want to interview 
I'd love to meet people there, but I, I don't really want to go around and interview booths. I leave that to the other channels. That's that's not that's not what I'm. That's not what I do. But would I love to just look around and check it out? Absolutely, oh, I'd love to do that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a it's an expensive journey just to interview companies, and I I don't really want. You know, it's, I'm kind of selfish like that. I don't really want them having access to my audience just because it's a guitar show. I want them to actually have something to offer that's good, you know. I mean, you guys have great stuff. I love your stuff. I'm a huge ambassador of the VS Audio stuff. But, yeah, I just don't want to go around and interview people with, you know, background noise and stuff I'm just not into, you know. I'd rather go play live. But I, I think when it comes down to it... Um, the product show thing. I go to the Melbourne one. Look, if I got a free flight over to Nam one year, I'd go. But I don't want to have to go with the expectation I'm going to be putting interviews on my channel. I, I just don't enjoy that at all, and I just don't think it adds real any value to to, to the internet. We got Michael from India. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's from Indianapolis, Indiana. Always, I remember seeing a sign or, or something somewhere online like Indiana that way and in brackets, not India. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Everybody hide. Did I make it back in time? Will you interview other YouTubers would be a call to meet a fellow? Yeah, look, if I get a chance to, I'd rather do something else than interview them. I mean, it'd be fun to do like a podcast video with them, but that Nam's not really the, the place for sitting down with a couple of these mics and headphones, you know. It wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to hear anything. So um, I actually i have been sending out messages to a few people that I'm uh, big fans of in the, in the States and that, you know, I, I consider friends. And we're going to try a new series of videos and they'll be featured in them when I'm over there. So, fingers crossed. I've got three ideas that I want to do while I'm away. It'll be a busy trip, but it'll be amazing. Uh, and one of my friends from here might be coming. And if they do decide to come and we can we can make this happen, it's going to be epic. It's going to be great. And if I don't get to do it uh, next year, it, it can be done anytime. There's no... It's not a time-critical project other than someone else might think of it. Just ordered a Bass Breaker 7 Tweed for home use. Cool. I haven't actually reviewed one of those. No, I did the 15. I did the Bass Breaker 30R and Rick blew up the 60 on camera. <laughs> That's about the extent of the, um, the Bass Breaker stuff that we've tried. I can't remember. I might have reviewed the Bass Breaker 7 head. Did I make a head version of that? I, I can't recall, but yeah. You need to go to the winter show at least uh, just one time, even to have a look around. Yeah, look, I, that's the plan. I think I, I'll go to Nam to say hi to people that, you know, may have sent stuff to the channel for years or whatever. I'll say hi in person and thank them and then just look around. I don't know if I'd really want to. I just don't want to do those pointless interviews. Uh, that It doesn't really benefit 
much, you know. Right? Nam, when Nam t- comes up, I usually avoid a lot of the channels. Some of them I'll watch just to see what's, you know, what new stuff is coming out. But there's only so much of that stuff you can really, you really need to see. Uh, I, I think the, maybe it's because I make videos about gear, but I, I'm not overly excited by watching hours of three-minute interviews about new stuff. There's enough stuff out there already. There's a famous, you know, the thing is uh, next year's guitars will be better. It's like the guitars this year are fine. Funniest Nam videos, Anderton's Captain and Danish Pete at the Ibanez booth looking at metal signature guitars by artists that have no idea who they are. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. Hey, Urban Exploration, welcome, mate. Can I suggest some resources for beginners on gear? I think the the best thing to try to do is to trust your ears um, and find either video demonstrations of stuff that you like the sound of from players who you aspire to sound like. Uh, like if you're into blues, you might want to watch those kind of plays. But if you're into like heavy rock stuff, you might want to find plays that are really excel at that and then see if they've got videos or stuff like that as well about you know whatever it is you're looking for. Um, I've got an archive of articles at guitarpedaldemos.com, which isn't a pedals website. It's like everything. Uh, I should have renamed that URL, but I never did. So it's got amp reviews and all kinds of stuff there. I mean, my channel's got 2,500 videos as well. So I've covered lots and lots of stuff. I think the best thing is just to find like a sound that you like and irrespective of what brand it is, or if your friends have them, don't worry about it. Um, once you can get a few things under your fingers. It almost doesn't matter too much what you play. You'll you'll make it work. Challenge Jared dines to a shred war. Your interviews with Dave, Rick have been brilliant. Uh, oh, great. Sorry. Thanks, man. Brilliant to hear from uh, Mortals. <laughs> Yeah, they're good good dudes. And, uh, yeah, the podcast thing, I, I really enjoy it. I want to keep doing more of that. You know, I, I probably won't stay where I'm living past the year, as nice as the place is. The internet here sucks, man. It sucks so bad. I'd love to do, like, a live podcast but and have, like, uh, switching systems and stuff put up so we can do all of that live. That would be, like, the ideal. But where I'm living, it's it's impossible. So, um yeah, what was the... Oh, yeah, so in terms of the podcast, we're still going to be just shooting them and uploading them most weekends. I don't know if I'll... I've got one coming up this weekend, which is the full one, and it's not going to be split up into sections. Uh, and I need to get the one up the week after that sorted out. <laughs> I've got a few people I, I actually want to have one, so I need to get onto it. i got the Muir G... More, sorry, uh, G150 based on your video. Cool, man. I hope you like it. I've been meaning to buy that Boss Katana 100 watt. Saw a few reviews, but if you don't mind, what do you think about them? Are they any good? Should I go for a Marshall? You know, it kind of comes down to if you've already got pedals, you probably won't want a Boss Katana because they've got everything built in that you could need if you didn't already have a pedal board set up. And if that appeals to you, then then go for it. You know, um, I think there's too many options for most people on there and that's one of my biggest criticisms of like digital modeling amps is just filled with way too much crap 
which is why a couple of the ones that I'm testing out at the moment are different because they, they don't have too much stuff in them. Um, that's not to say you can't get a great tone out of them either, but uh, if your Marshall was, say, what would I prefer to play through, a Marshall DSL or a, or a Katana? Sure, they're at a different price point, but I take the, the DSL all day, right? So it, it just depends on your use case. And if you're a home player, the Katana is probably going to be the better amp, right? So you got to think about it not just from what I would want to use it for or which one I would choose, but which one suits the application of you know, what you want to use it for the best. You can take a Katana out and play it live, but it won't sound like the Marshall, right? But the Marshall won't sound as good at home and it doesn't come with any effects unless you, of course, you buy like a code, which I don't recommend either. So, yeah, it just depends on your use case. Katanas are popular for a reason. They sound good, they're loud, and they've got all the effects you could possibly want. But there's this time you've got to invest into understanding not only how they work, but also trying to get the optimal sound out of it and then not getting sort of stuck by just tinkering with it all the time. And that's why, you know, this Fender amp is the perfect amp for me. Even the Boss Next Tone is close. It's got all the stuff I like and it's very simple. It doesn't have a thousand different options internally. And some people will like that, right? But I learned the hard way, you know, with the, not the Mustang V2s, but the GTs. I sat there and I was fiddling for hours trying to get the thing to sound good. And I was like, I don't enjoy this process. Um, so I, it's all dependent on what you, you what you like and what you already have and where you're going to be using it. Thanks, Metalhead Hippie. Take it easy, man. I have a Black Flame CST24T, the same as yours. It stands up well when you use it in amp reviews. Uh, cheap as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great it's a great guitar. It's actually it's in where I do the podcast. It's been like the the ornament in that room. It's it's a it's a great guitar. Oh yeah, speaking of which too, coming up, uh, Dr. Rick's actually in a few videos in this room coming up, or at least one. Uh, we compare we're gonna be comparing uh Two P90 guitars at two very different ends of the price spectrum. So that should be fun. Excuse me. Mick says, love the channel, Shane, being a lefty. It's great to see so much of a wide range of guitars you demoed. Uh, not much out there for us. Uh, that was kind of like my mission there for a while was to try to find you know, as many left-handed guitars as I could. I think I've probably got... I could be wrong, but I've probably got the world's largest archive of lefty lefty guitars anywhere. Uh, when I went to Jerry's Guitars, he had the biggest selection of unique lefties. I mean, uh, Southport Guitars has lots too, but he doesn't carry, you know, your Fenders and Gibsons. He's got all the other stuff. So it was fun for me to go through and find those kind of guitars. And he, I think he's got the largest archive of images of left-handed guitars ever. And I think I might have the largest archive of left-handed guitar videos i need to double check that but i'm actually working on a website about that right now so i'll release that uh, once i get it finished when listening to gear demos wear good headphones listen through good speakers there you go uh it's great most people over 70 percent of people i think it's a huge amount now all listen on their phone 
So I'm I'm just going to make an assumption that maybe 50% of people aren't wearing quality headphones or headphones at all. That would be my suggestion. Well, how come it sounds thin? You're listening on a phone? Yeah. I'm like, well, there you go. Ben says, uh, a few of the pedals I bought were because of your reviews on them. Thanks, man. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Hopefully, they were good. Hopefully, you enjoy them. I always try to keep in perspective, like, how much something costs and what kind of performance you get out of it. Um, you know, the law of diminishing returns is pretty true when it comes to tone. It all comes down to sort of like longevity, how long something's going to last. And I think this has been proven with pedals like Maxon and Ibanez and whatever, Boss, they just last for 30 years. And if you're an investment, if you're buying like an overdrive pedal with long-term in mind, the boutique stuff will probably outlast a lot of the inexpensive stuff, but not always. You know, I've had one pedal from a company called uh, Delta Lab. It's a, a TO1, I think it was called. It was like a tube screamer copy. Steel box, cost me 49 bucks. It's still going years and years later. It must be over 11 years old now. So, yeah, I think... The quality of stuff is just getting pretty consistent. Thanks, Quentin. Take it easy, man. Tucket85 says, use a Katana at home as a backup to my Blues Deluxe. The Deluxe is too loud for home use. Yeah, the Lego. That's exactly what I meant before. So um, in those sort of situations, uh, something like a Katana would be a, a great option or any any modeling amplifier. SX guitars are super cheap here in Germany. Well, I wonder if their strats are any good. Fan, fancy candy apple red SX strat. Cool. Um, they're great. I, I've owned a couple of SX guitars. I had a the VTG series strat and the VTG series tally. Both were great. Have you ever considered doing a uh, does it blues kind of video as in do a review of gear? That it's not set up for traditional blues. Yeah, you know what? I've I've done a few of those already. I took a Boss Metal Zone and worked out if it would bl blues or not. I took a Jackson Flying V uh, and did that as well. So just type in Will It Blues and you'll see it come up. Or Will It Blues, you know, with In The Blues after it. You'll see those videos come up. I'm wearing a black wig <laughs> and a metal, or the Motorhead t-shirt. Do locking tuners make much difference? Yes. Uh, if the nut is cut properly on the guitar, the, it's a much more stable experience. I've, I've had them on anything from like Strat to... I've had them on a couple of Strats over the years. I've had them on... Um, oh, actually, I've tried some Gibsons with locking tuners. Much more stable. And the artist uh, Telecaster I got recently had locking tuners as well. And the tuning stability on that seemed pretty good. Um, but it's not going to fix everything. If the nut still has problems, it, it can still cause the string to kind of go out of tune. So, um, yeah, they're not like a, they're not perfect, but they help a lot. If if everything else on your guitar is pretty much fine, uh, locking tuners will make a huge difference. They make a bigger difference straight away too. Like, it feels like once you stretch the strings out, when you got a set of locking tuners. There's less slip or, or whatever through the actual lines because it's just locked off. Uh, I think there's something to that. You know, one of my old strats I used to play all the time uh, was that two-tone sunburst one and 
I remember just changing strings of gigs. I'd break one and it would be like fine within a minute. You know, it was great. Like, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> I only have one pedal, so I ordered a GT100 hoping it would compensate for my lack of pedals. Well, there you go. There's plenty built in there and there's plenty you can stack, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But um, just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Get a tone that you like that's clean or dirty and... You know, I mean, you can do whatever you like, but I think they sound best when you don't run a million pedals into itself. It, it, yeah, that'd be my tip. Hey, Todd Flowers, welcome. Forget listening to videos on the iPhone. Sennheiser headset is the only way to go. If you love audio, they are worth investment. Yeah, anytime I'm listening to something that I really want to know about, I, I'm using my studio monitors. I've got a set of these. Um, or even these headphones are pretty good. I mean, I was using these on the Mac earlier when I was editing, and I'm like, these headphones really make things sound good. <laughs> if I was using those crappy you know, white iPhone ones, yeah, a whole different story. Would you save up for an American Fender or... A player Telecaster, or will a, a player Telecaster cut the mustard? It just a, I always suggest playing both, man. If you can justify the difference in the price, um, go for it. If you think there's not a lot of difference in the feel and the sound, then I wouldn't spend the extra money. That's just me, though, man. I, I don't know. Everyone's different. Some people want to have the American-made one. You know, some of the best Strat tones I've ever had weren't from American-made strats. They were the Mexican-made ones, and that's why I've still got my white one back here um, is because it's great, and sometimes you just find great guitars. Um, so play them all and see which one you like the best and buy the one you like the best. Don't buy the one you don't like the best. Otherwise, you'll end up buying another one and spending way more money. So just, just get the one you want straight away if you can. But not every inexpensive guitar sounds worse or plays worse than one that's more expensive either that is a good question is there any tonal difference between solid state and tube rectifiers that's a that's a good question i don't really hear that i i don't know man i've never really had the same amp with a solid state rectifier and one with a tube. They've always been two different amps, like a supersonic and a deluxe reverb. So I, I haven't been able to compare like the exact same amplifier. So some people will tell you yes. Uh, I am i don't think there's a huge difference. Uh, if there is, I, I don't know what it is. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't get too caught up on that stuff. If the amp sounds great, it's good. That's a cool question, actually. That's great. I don't think I've ever been asked that, actually. Do I still have the... This is from Ashton. Do I still have the Journey overhead? Just wondering if it's still worth getting as I'm interested in getting one. It's the only acoustic guitar I have. I still got it. I love it because it's packed away in my cupboard. Uh, I'm going to be doing like a microphone comparison coming up pretty soon. And that'll be broken out for that particular use. I did have like a an actual sort of larger acoustic guitar, but... The Journey Instruments one is so good. Like, just, I love how small it is. It's comfortable to play. It sounds good. Uh, the only small downside of it is the pickup system kind of sucks. Uh, the one that I've got's a, a passive pickup. I mean, I shouldn't be complaining. It's a great little guitar, but 
it, I've tried it live, and the downside of it was that the passive pickup wasn't very good. Um, my suggestion is if you if you're going to get one, maybe get one with an active pickup if you're going to be plugging it into something. If you're just going to be recording acoustically, they're going to be fine. But yeah, in a PA system in a live mix, I had to had the desk all the way up, and it it wasn't loud enough. There's no volume controls or battery or anything for the pickup. So. Uh, yeah, just just be cautious of that. But in terms of playability, portability, and all that, they're big kick ass. I reckon they're great. Marco says, "Love watching Guitar Search Saturdays. Look forward to the next episode." Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I actually don't have any more queued up right now. I've I released the last one, packing of music. Took me two months to get that finished. Um, I'm probably not going to have any more until the end of the year. Now it looks like. Uh, I could probably film a couple more, but we'll see how we go. I'm getting my knee operated on next Friday now, I found out. So um, I'm going to see how how I go uh, sort of getting back on my feet. It shouldn't be a huge deal. It is only minor sort of work, but uh, I haven't had anything like that done before. So um, I'm just going to sort of take it easy once I get that done. I'll skip leg day again. It's easy. Easy skipped. I have a 2003 FSR strap with made in uh, made in Mexico with all the American parts. Paid 425. That's great. Do I ever teach blues licks? Uh, I can't be asked uh, searching through all your videos. Uh, I, I've put a couple of concept videos up, but I don't really t- teach a lot of licks, so I don't really get any enjoyment out of explaining licks properly. And I, I have this problem where I'm looking at what I'm doing and I'm seeing it, but instead of saying like the seventh fret, I'm saying like the fifth. And I'm saying the wrong string, or I get the string and the fret confused. It's it's an I can physically show people how to play something, and it's easy. But when it comes to explaining it and slow slowing it down, that's where I'm not great at it, and I really don't enjoy doing that. I did have a plan to sort of put together like a 30 minute sort of lick library thing, and I I still might do that at some point. I'm just not certain when. It's one of those things. If I was probably going to do it, I probably would have done it by now. Yeah, Tarkett says, I I would rather listen to through uh, studio monitors. I find them better for true tone, but I'd rather just go out and try one. And that's the thing, man. People are, I already know, like, when I, when this video goes up tomorrow about the um, Tone Master, people are going to go, oh, you know, it only sounds good on the video. I'm like, you got to go try this stuff. I, I wouldn't I expect anyone to uh, can be fully convinced until you plug into one and go, wow, you know, and... Uh, you know, some even more prominent channels post do a lot of post production, which means they're enhancing the audio from the recording. I don't do that. I might pan stuff off, and I might sort of like blend microphones together, but I'm not physically changing like the the drastically changing the EQ. Sometimes I shape out a little bit of low end on the recording. It's very rarely though that I do that. Maybe like one in ten videos, depending on which microphones I'm using, but. What you're hearing is a is an accurate representation of that, and or at least of what I've captured. But when you hear this stuff in the room, it's always going to sound way better. Brian says, "Love your work in the blues, thanks, man." Uh, interested in opinion on Supero Blues King? If you've ever played, I haven't tried one of those. I think Supero makes some of the heaviest. Uh, I mean, the some of the best amps out there, but. Um, in Australia, they're so expensive and they they weigh a ton. You know what stopped me from getting the Rhythm Master and the or the the Royal Reverb was just how heavy they were. I think those those two of the best sounding amps I've ever played. 
just unportable. <laughs> I just don't want to go back to a ridiculously heavy amp. Uh, I don't know how heavy the Blues Master is. I, I haven't really looked into it, but or the Blues King, sorry, but um, yeah, they they make great stuff. I just haven't personally played one. If it, they did have that small amp, if that's the one you're talking about, I haven't really heard a demo of that that I liked. To be honest, I don't know if it's that small sort of 10, 15 watt one that they've got. Uh, it's got, maybe got a 10-inch speaker. That I wasn't overly impressed by. I thought it had a nasty top end that uh, no one could dial out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I've actually tried the Blues King. But they, the rest of their bigger combos are great. They're really, really nice. Best amp for the price, the Bugera V22, four times less expensive than the Blues Deluxe and sounds better. Uh, I don't know if it does, man. I've used a, a Bugera V22 a couple times, and they're great amps, but they're two different kind of amps too. The 22 is more, I guess, fitted in the market of a uh, Deluxe Reverb as opposed to a Blues Deluxe. is a whole different uh, output tube configuration. Oh, thanks, guys. Everyone's saying uh, good luck with the knee, knee stuff. I appreciate that. Thanks. Fender had a video yesterday of the Fender 100XL with the two, two 12 o'clock in midnight speakers. I don't know what that means. Two 12 o'clock. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you mean. So the midnight speakers, um, I don't know if the 12 o'clock thing was supposed to be in there or not. I'm, I'm confused by that. But, uh, yeah, I, I did see the video, like, get posted. I haven't watched it yet. I've tried the 50 and it was pretty cool. Um, I'm actually re-reviewing, like I mentioned earlier, the older version of that coming up because I, I always like going back and seeing if stuff still stands the test of time. Where am I pulling the questions from? The live chat? I'm just... Randomly picking stuff out and accidentally missing stuff as well. So please review the Tone Master Deluxe when you get one. I will as soon as I, I get my hands on one. The twin is sitting right behind me. If you've just joined the chat, it is right there. So um, that video is uploading right now for tomorrow morning. And it is mighty. And I'm, I'm so thankful like Fender sent me the one that... It, this one as as opposed to the deluxe reverb where i play deluxe reverbs just don't cut it volume wise the twin is <laughs> it's great because you can switch it down to 22 watts if you want but you can run it at 85 and it is ball tearingly loud Am I still using the stock nut on the PRSSC? I'm having some tuning stability issues on mine. I am. So what I did with mine, though, I actually tightened the tuners. I found that, I think I mentioned this on the first video, like they were really loose, the tuning heads. So I just tightened them up. And since then, it's been fine. Um, I would also make sure inherently you're tuning the guitar properly, like kind of winding the string around itself and then from the bottom up, if that makes sense. Uh, because you want the tension to be pulling the string towards the hole uh, from the bottom. So each wind will be below the prior wind kind of thing. So that actually sort of bunches it together. 
Uh, I have zero tuning stability issues with mine, um, mostly though since I tighten those up. I don't know if it makes a huge difference or not, but I also find like putting a, a guitar in a gig bag <laughs> and then throwing it in the car also puts the, the tuners out as well. So uh, if it's just sitting there and I pick it up and I don't play for a week and I pick it back up, it's usually fine. Uh, it's only when I throw it in the gig bag that the tuning goes out. So that, that could be a thing too, but um, yeah. Rick, thanks for that, mate. Can't wait for the twin review tomorrow. It will be there. The Tone Masters are definitely worth trying. I, I'm, you know, after my disappointment and frustrations with the GT 200 that I purchased, um, where is it? Oh, I shouldn't have moved that. Sorry. Camera's going to glitch. Um, the I, I didn't expect these to sound as good as they did. They're, they're, it's going to retire some amplifiers, I think. A Harley Benton taking over the world. I played a 335 copy the other day and it was fantastic. I make it out of dirt cheap, brand new. They're great. They make good guitars cheap. <laughs> and that's, you know, times have changed. There was a time where cheap guitar companies were just flogging junk. But not anymore because companies are smart enough to know that things like YouTube exist, people can review stuff, and they want returning business, so they want to make a good product. You know, artist guitars, Harley Benton, these kind of instruments are affordable, accessible to most people, whether you're buying them just online or, you know, used or whatever. Um, and they just, they work. Like, I can, I've taken my Harley Bensons out and done gigs with them, and I haven't even thought twice about it. Like, I would never have taken a cheap guitar out maybe 15 years ago and played it, but with the exception of maybe Squires, which were considered inexpensive back then, but not anymore. But yeah, I, I I think the Harley Benton stuff's great. Have you heard what's coming to replace the Mustang GT? Um, so I I don't know if the the um Tone Master series amps are their replacement or not. I see them as almost two different things. I hope actually I got a podcast with Rick where we predict the future <laughs> or we attempt to. So that'll be up Sunday, all about digital modeling amps. And that was, just to let you guys know, that actual video was shot a week ago before I got the um, the twin reverb. So it's it, it's not out of date, but some of the comments were like, ah, you know, I, I wasn't convinced this would sound as good as it did. But my video will be up sort of explaining some of that anyway. It is amazing to me how terrible phone speakers are. It makes our job more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Look, the um, you know, phones are taking over the world. You can't go anywhere. Everyone's just like glued to their phone. Yeah, you know, I'm guilty of using my phone. You know, if I'm relaxing and I can't be bothered moving. You know, it's great. It's just a good thing to have. But I always think guitar playing and and phone use should be separate. I don't care what anyone thinks. That's just my opinion on it. Hey, Jamal, thanks, man. You don't have to do that, mate. Thank you. $4.99. That's uh, US dollars, mate. That's like 140 Australian dollars, I think, right about now. So, oh, man, thank you. Yeah, seriously, dude, you, you, you just don't have to do that. You support the channel a lot, but thank you. 
Um, yeah, so I, I really think Fender's on the cusp of um, this is the first innovative product I've seen from them in ages. It's great. Since maybe the, the Fender Mustang V2s, they've really nailed like the the look, the sound, the way it feels to play and just like I, I plugged in the the night I picked this up, oh, the evening I picked this up, I got it back and I was so tired. I've been driving like five hours. I plugged in. <laughs> I sent Rick a text message. I was like, holy crap. It's like, it's pretty good, huh? I said, yeah. It's it's everything I hoped the, the GT200 was going to be, but without all that extra stuff. But thanks. Thanks again, Jamal. Next Coke on Jamal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Guitar is the thing that saves me from my phone addiction. Yeah, you know, it's it's getting bad, you know. People are, we're all guilty of using their phones, but it's just like any, you know, I always find when I'm, if I'm ordered, if I've ordered food and I've only got to wait three minutes, first thing you do is like check your phone. Now, I'm not on Facebook anymore, right? Like I got off Facebook a couple of years ago now and I don't miss that. I don't miss that like um, feeling of needing to check it and all that kind of crap. I'm on Instagram, but I can go all day without looking at it it's not the same it's a very different platform um i really like instagram it doesn't take up your time you follow the things that you enjoy you're not obliged to add the nuff nuffs that you have as quaint acquaintances but don't actually really know in real life but or, or know that well or you want them knowing everything about you i know you can set up rules on facebook but it's a whole different thing i i much prefer instagram i I just I, I can look through it and smile. You know, it's a different sort of headspace, and yeah, the the whole phone thing, man. It's uh, it's just it's just shocking. Han says he has uh, six Harley Benton guitars. Like, great, awesome stuff. You know what? I really want to get one of their Les Paul Juniors. I don't know when they're coming out. I'd really like to hopefully hear something about that soon because. I know uh, a couple of months back, people were shooting videos of them at, in Germany, but they were like pre-production ones. They haven't they haven't hit the shelves yet. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing whether or not uh, they're actually as great as I hope they are. Gustavo, welcome. Hello from Brazil, welcome. DMS Productions, how you doing, man? We've got uh, Wade says... They sound great. Still not cheap, though. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I mentioned this before. I really think that they're, they are expensive amps. In Australia, I think the twin is like $16.99. <laughs> That's a lot of money, man. Like the Mustang GT200 is, I think, like 800 bucks maybe or something like that. Maybe eight ninety nine. So they're twice the price. Um, but it sounds, I reckon, quite you know twice as good that's just that just could be me but um yeah there's a few things about these amps that i I, look i've looked at a lot of the videos i don't like to just binge watch other people's videos and then do shoot a video so i watched one i watched brett kingman's video of the deluxe reverb uh of his and just to get a, a sense of what was going on and there's something no one's mentioned about them and i mentioned it at the end of the video I'll have time codes on there. And not to belittle his video because he's freaking great, right? Like Brett's one of the masters of what he does. Um, but yeah, there's something about it that makes it maybe better for recording. And I didn't realize this until 
I was listening back and I was like, ooh, I'm going to mention this because, yeah, there's this an actual benefit to this amp. How are the lefty uh, Harley Benton PRS copies? Anyone own one? Well, I got the CST24T and it is it is awesome. Harley Benton Jr. is out now. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe I haven't seen a, a lefty. Because I had a look on their website uh, about, I don't know, four days ago and they still weren't listing lefties. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, guys. Bergs is awesome. Yeah, he's great. His channel's uh, got a bit of a resurgence happening right now too. He's killing it. It's great. He, um, Yeah, he's just one of the best straight-up demo channels. He's a great player, first and foremost, and he's at least a really likable dude. Um, just a, You know, when I did that list of my favorite YouTube guitarists, I kind of wanted to pick guys that not many people would know. Uh, there's a few in there that I knew people would know, but I could have listed 15 really great players, and he would be high on the list of, like, great YouTube guitarists. Like, he's, he's just phenomenal. There's just so many great players, you know, and... It's funny, people are like, oh, I can't believe this guy or that dude wasn't on the list. I'm like, it was five, man. It's five of mine. Make your own list. <laughs> but yeah, there's just there's so many great, so many great players out there. It's just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share a few with everybody. Hey, we've got 93 people watching. Far out. It's 12.28 a.m. How long have I been streaming? What? How did that happen? I have no idea how that happened. Um, yeah, uh, the hour went by pretty quick. I thought I was going to finish at like 11.30. Anyway, we might wrap it up <laughs> soon. I don't know if I'll keep the stream online, but it's been fun hanging out and having a chat and catching up because I haven't done a live stream in months. I, I you know, I've been pretty consumed with not only getting the videos on the channel, but also um, working on some other things on the side too. So yeah, the live streaming thing with crap internet's been frustrating. I, I haven't been able to reliably do it, but it looks like it's working again, at least today. The wind must be blowing in the right direction. <laughs> it's blowing from the city, allowing me to, you know, latch onto some of that internet connectivity. 8 a.m. in Round Rock, Texas. Now, that's a cool name for a place, man. Round Rock. That's awesome. Man, a lot of the audience is in Texas, actually. I think Texas is one of the largest demographics of um, people from the U.S. Texas, Florida, New York, and California, and I think Georgia as well was pretty high maybe fifth or sixth is last time i checked i haven't looked for a while but um yeah i'm not i'm not really sure how that happened but it, it was it is what it is i think back in the day too you know i used to post videos from florida a lot uh, obviously jerry's lefty guitars but um i don't know if it's just a population thing but i've never really i've never been in new york city but i've been to georgia i've been to california and played there and shot videos there and i don't know if that sort of helped get the word out or, or what i'm not too sure Hey, Todd, thanks, dude. Far out. Man, keep up the great work. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Western Australia time. Yeah, a couple of hours behind you. Lucky. I think Dr. Rick's going to be in uh, in Perth over the weekend. So if you see if you see him running around, <laughs> he'll be there. Mike is watching from Texas. Cool. Thanks for the stream and answering everybody's questions. Uh, why am I still up? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It's getting late. 2.49 p.m. in England. Very cool. Now, I usually stream in the mornings is the time that I think the, the most people are awake. I know it sucks for people in England and stuff, but you know a big portion of my audience is overseas in, uh, in Australia as well, but also in the U.S. and North America as well. And um, Yeah, so, yeah, it's good to do streams at different times of the day. What do we got here? Uh, I'm looking. Oh, that's for to someone else. <laughs> Tell Dr. Rick we have his back. I will. Been re reviewing the Harley Benton SC Custom and tips in over nine pounds. Wow. I tell you what, that artist Telecaster that I've got is over six kilograms, which is like 13, probably 13.5 pounds. Uh, it's it's brutal. It's really br it's. I said to Rick here, pick this up. He went, oh my god. I was like, yeah, it, it it's nasty, nasty heavy. Jay Maestro, Maestro, thanks, man. No worries. It's the thug says seven p.m. in India. Cool. Oh, so that's not too far behind us. Kind of, yeah, up and across a bit. Uh, nine pounds nearly killed me in four hours practice session. Yeah, there's no way I would use that artist Telecaster for a gig. You know, I, I as soon as I finish the video, I'm like, I'm going to sell this. Like, I, it's not something that I need to keep, basically because it's too heavy. I played it some more and I'm like, man, it sounds so good. <laughs> it sounded great. So I think I'm going to hold on to it and just use it as a seated guitar for videos because it really... It really has a great sound. The humbuckers sound great. The split coil sounds awesome. And eventually I'll, I'm going to do a comparison with the T52 and uh, just show the differences a little bit closer up because they are very, very similar guitars. I remember asking artist guitars at one point when – I can't remember which guitar they sent me out, but I said, are these Harley Bensons? They're like identical almost. He goes, no, nah, not really. They're – the formula is kind of similar, but the they're not the same. So that might be a good discussion for a podcast at some point. Yeah, uh, someone just mentioned there the oh, BV Ninja. Sorry, says um, often the issue with cheaper guitars. It's usually the thing. Like most of the heavy or the brutally heavy guitars are either Les Pauls or they're um, they're just inexpensive guitars. It's not always the case, but. If you get ones that are made of like ash, I said I think I said it's swamp ash, which wasn't right on that video. I think it was just ash. And Rick was saying, depending on if they they get it from the lower portion of the the tree, it weighs more, weighs way more than like somewhere else. And I I don't know, if like maybe I want to say like that's less sought after, but that's maybe how the price of the guitar comes right down. So I, I don't really know too much about how the build process and how they save a few bucks, but the guitar is so heavy, which is, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, 
But yeah, I'll be doing a bit of a cull coming up pretty soon and getting rid of a lot of stuff that's just been sitting around, not getting used. Has to happen. I don't like stockpiling stuff. Uh, how's the scenario of handmade guitars in Australia? Here in Brazil, the handmade guitars are at a very high level. The prices are half a fender and the quality is superior um, to a fender, for example. Uh, unfortunately, here, the prices aren't that much cheaper than like commercially available guitars like the Fender and the Gibsons. There's a whole lot that I can think of off the top of my head that are more expensive, a bit more like PRS in terms of their, like Charles Cilia, for example, is a really like beautiful guitar. It's like a high-end PRS and they charge high-end PRS prices. There's other guitars like Little Crow, which have that traditional handmade look that is maybe slightly less expensive than like a deluxe Strat, something like that. Um, but a very, very different instrument. They're not going for... They're going for more of an organic guitar look. Like, this is handmade. This is made by us. You know, it's not just cut on a machine and, and spewed out. So those... They've got a different range of guitars where... There was some, well, one of the ones I've got is probably considered more of their higher-end guitar. But they've all, I've also reviewed some of their, like, less expensive models, and those are bare bones. You know, that's... In Australia, there's things to consider when it comes to selling stuff. Uh, and making things is a lot of it will cost more to build things here than to sometimes get something imported from overseas it's not always the case but there's also the discussion of what will people pay uh you know if you've got a name brand guitar people know it they'll go okay yeah i can justify x amount of money on it two grand or whatever but then if you've got something that no one knows it's a hard market to crack because you really need to like have have some sort of uh, presence online and all that. So there's a lot of guitar and uh, sort of instrument makers that don't ever really see the light of day that, that well because they, they either don't understand the power of... So I see this with pedal companies as well. They make great stuff, but they don't understand really what they should be doing to help themselves. I see it all the time. Like I always... Yeah, maybe I look at it differently because of uh, having a YouTube channel, but I don't do a lot of the stuff I should probably be doing right either. Like, I don't clickbait all my videos and, uh, yeah, I don't get involved in any of the drama stuff. It's just I, I do my thing. But, yeah, it's hard, I think, for... Australian customers are probably pretty fussy and I think for them to spend more than $2,000 on a on a guitar that might be made locally, it would have to be something very different uh, than like a Strat copy. I don't know anyone that would buy a locally made Strat copy in Australia. I wouldn't. I'd just go get a Strat. Um, I can't think of one Strat manufacturer locally that is doing well. can't think of one. So maybe that's just here. Just chamber the backside of that artist telly. Maybe I should... Maybe I'll just chop a few um, corners off it on video and see if it makes it lighter. How heavy are the Harley Benson uh, PRS copies? Um, slightly heavier than the than the PRS SE, but nowhere near as heavy as the. I don't know the exact specification weight of them, but uh, if you check out the Toman website, odds are there's probably some spec on how heavy they are. 
Hey, great question, Rick. Why are all things more expensive in Australia than the US? Because people are stupid and they they pay exorbitant amounts of money for things. And that's just the way it is, man. It's We've become accustomed to getting ripped off. Uh, look, our wages are considered better. But after spending a lot of time in other countries, the earnings to the exchange rate don't equate to getting us getting a good deal because we get paid more. We have to spend way more money to get a lot of things, even you know soft drinks and uh, whatever. It's going to be more expensive here, even with the difference in the earnings. Uh, if you were to get, say, someone who makes uh, sixty thousand US dollars a year and say ninety thousand Australian dollars, someone who earns sixty thousand US dollars would be way better off than someone who earns $90,000 in Australia. Yeah, it's a whole discussion. That's just my experience with it. Look, there's a, I, I get it with instruments. There's, this is what sucks about GST. In Australia, we it, companies like any music shop, right, they'll, they'll pay GST when they have something shipped to Australia. So the government gets 10% or whatever, 12% or whatever it is of whatever the amount of dollars coming into Australia is, right? So the, GS, the government get their hand in it straight away. So that's 10% added to the price. And this, this could be pretty relative to a lot of different things. When it sells, and if this company makes more than $70,000 a year, they then have to pay 10% of the sale price to the government. People think we only get charged 10%, but we don't. We get charged twice, or not we, but the the actual companies providing any any goods or services are paying twenty percent on everything that gets imported. Uh, so yeah, you can you can see how that becomes uh, in, that inflates the prices. I, I don't know why more people don't complain about this stuff. <laughs> Bit of blues, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate you hanging out. Japan guitar stocks uh, stores often stock small custom shop guitars. They charge three thousand plus for a guitar brand nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, well there you go, and that'll be sitting there until the end of time. One of the best guitars I ever played was a Jerry's Lefty Guitars, and the video unfortunately never had the audio track. It was called a Rokangus or Rokungus. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. I think it was made in Sweden. It was beautiful. If you go to his website, it's still sitting there. Um, and it's just a beautiful guitar. It was really heavy, but it was beautiful. Uh, it was a guitar no one's ever heard of, and it's, you know, two years later, and it's still there. It should be sold. It's beautiful, but um, I think that's a great example of that. We earn more because the cost of living is higher. Yeah, but that doesn't doesn't make doesn't make the situation better like we earn more but property here is unattainable almost now melbourne's just like ridiculous you know you you can't get a place that's of any value or any you know size for less than 6 to 700,000. dollars you could buy a one bedroom flat somewhere but it's uh you know that that's sort of no one i you know most people don't earn I'm not going to say most people, but a lot of people don't earn over a hundred grand a year, right? Like, I would say the the average wage is eighty or less, say from fifty to eighty on the higher side. And then you get your the next level of earnings, but yeah, it just makes the um, even rental here is crazy. It's so expensive. 
I could buy four places in Florida or five for the same price as I could buy one place here. And that place, every one of them in Florida would be larger. So, yeah, there you go. Call it double dipping. I watched your Donna 7 mode pedal review and bought it right away. Want to plug it into my Korg synthesizer? It's cool, man. You know what? One thing I really want to do, I want to start getting into some synth synth stuff. That's hard to say. Um, I've, I've been following this uh, Instagram uh, channel called Welcome to the Lounge or something. And what's it called? It is. It, it's great, man. I'm really loving some of the some of the sounds these things make. I, I really would love to uh, learn how to do some of that myself. Like some of them have these like loopers where you can set up stuff and do things on the fly um, without having really any keyboard knowledge, which is kind of cool too. So yeah, I, I'd love to dabble in some of that stuff. That might make make for a fun video. I met a guitar show near London this week supporting a dude who makes some amazing guitars, Mayberry, Mayberry guitars. The struggle is real to sell them at a cost that makes them viable to make. And I think that's just the same for um, pedal manufacturers as well. I know so many uh, pedal man makers and manufacturers that, you know, one of the famous quotes I, I heard, or not famous, one of the, the quotes that really stuck with me was, um, <laughs> a handmade pedal in the USA uh, Selling at Chinese prices, basically saying that he has to drop the price to a point where people are, are going to take a chance. And it's just a real shame because the stuff will last for 50 years. You know, <laughs> like it's just, it's crazy. It's tough in all of the industry unless you already see if you like Wampler pedals or not. He, he got the, he got it sorted out. He realized that his best strategy was to make his own content. You know, it puts him on the map. Uh, and and JS, JHS are also doing some really great stuff with their sort of YouTube channels and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's really hard for these companies to do well without their own presence. It really is tough um, because it's pedals almost feel like flavor of the week, you know. And I think unless you get a prominent player with a custom guitar, it's tough. You know, it, it really is tough to really move a lot of move a lot of stuff. I don't know. I suggest you meet Corosa Guitars here in Brazil. High-level guitars, good prices. Search the internet. All right, I'll check that one out as well, man. Carroza. I'll add it to the list of stuff here. All right, cool. Carroza.com.br. All right, I'll have a look at that in a bit. What you say on the Tonewood debate? Uh, it, it's it makes a difference in acoustic guitars. That's and the lighter the electric guitar is, the better. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much my stance on it. You know, uh, back in the day, um, maybe four four years ago, maybe longer. I think when I first no, it was about five, it might have been longer than that. I actually interviewed Will Galvin on my podcast. This was back in its infancy. Like he was nice enough to jump on, and we had a chat about it, and. Uh, he was just so shocked that people were getting so fired up about it. <laughs> you know, it's just like people's opinions are, uh, 
you know, it's it's the era of the rage. If you have an opinion and you put it out there, uh, there's people aren't going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it, and some people just get too consumed with that stuff. I I I just don't get it. Then you get some people who have YouTube channels that don't say anything. They just ride fences. I got one more pedal here. Let's have a look at this. Want to get into synth? Oh, what just fell out of this? Why not look at uh, Jammy? They make a synth controller that plays like a guitar. Uh, yeah, no, I I prefer a desk thing. Um, I'll bring up this this Instagram page. I don't know if you're into that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's called Welcome to Space Lounge uh, with dots in between each word. Welcome dot to dot space dot lounge. Um, and he posted this video maybe a week ago of a unit that I'm almost, I should be able to find. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, this is it. Uh, it's called the Delug. I think D-E-L-U-G-E. It looks like that. This thing totally kicks ass. Like, you know, some of the music I use for my videos that is, is just behind when I talk, this is the sound. Uh, yeah, welcome to Space Lounge. And just scroll down about three pages and you'll see this deluge, or deluge, however you say it. Um, I'm like, man, I want one of these things. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff going on with synths. You know, I, I've kind of dismissed a lot of that stuff, not thinking that um, I'd be really that into the sound. But the more I hear it, the more I'm like, ah, I think I, I miscalculated what synthesizers are. Like I always, uh, I guess, confused it with some of the techno stuff. It's like completely different. <laughs> JHS belongs to some crazy cult. I don't know anything about any of that, but uh Oh, you've had a pedal on order for three months. That sucks. But it could be worse. You could get a pedal from um what's that? King of Tone? Is that what it's called? The King of Tone? It takes like a year to turn up. Yeah. Let's get a royal flush. <laughs> it sounds better. Death ramps over Tonewood. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, if anyone has any last questions, please let us know. I'm going to get out of here in 11 minutes maximum. So, uh, yeah, I'll see if there's any last questions. And then I will bail. But tomorrow morning, uh, well, in about uh, nine hours, if the video has actually uploaded yet, it's probably going to take five hours for the bloody thing to upload, uh, is the... Fender Tone Master Amp review. Now, I did do a pretty thorough video on it, uh, and it's still quite long. Ah, it's it's uploaded. Yes. So um, that'll be up for tomorrow, uh, and I'm going to do one more video about it 
Oh, maybe two more videos about it. One in live mix because I, I have only just got it yesterday. I haven't done that video yet. And also I'm going to do a like a how the world does it take pedals video. I, I tried it with one in the video and it sounded great. So um, I think this is the first time I feel like the hype is justified in, in, in quite a while. What's my favorite pedal ever? I got a few. There's not, not really one. It just depends on the mood. Uh, the Royal Flush Overdrive's great. The Carrera Overdrive from Buffalo Effects is great. I love the Maxon Overdrive Pro, one of my favorites ever. Um, yeah, there's just there's so many I can think of. Del you know, I can't just pick one, but delays are you know a different kind of sound. So there's a few of those that I really like. Um, yeah, it just it just really depends. If I had to just pick one to go through a clean amp, I'd be taking the Royal Flush. Pickups. Oh, have I tried the new Fishman pickups? No, I'm not really overly interested in the Fishman stuff. I, I got an opportunity to do some of their stuff a while back and I declined it. I probably should have tried some of them, but changing pickups is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I don't like doing it unless I really want to do it. I don't mean just like, uh, just for video I mean I only do it when I really need to do it I don't want to just test a set of pickups out and then replace them again with ones that are mine if I don't like them it's just a pain I, I'd rather not spend the time doing it um, but they make some cool stuff they make some great stuff like I like the Fishman acoustic pickups um, some of those active ones didn't really appeal to me a whole lot because you know, having to recharge them you know, people say, oh, you know, your phone, you recharge your phone. Hey, I don't know. There's just something else that can fail or let you down. I, I prefer to have passive pickups. It's different if the if you can change the battery, I, I think, at least in those kind of pickups. So I feel like that's easy. You can just leave a spare battery in your bag. But if it's a rechargeable thing, I don't know, man. You know, those, those lithium-ion batteries have a pretty finite sort of life. Uh, and so it's something that, I don't even know. Maybe you can replace those as well, but it's just one more thing. So I kind of just declined a lot of that Fishman stuff a while back, but maybe one day. Fat Philosopher says, LMPM here. Good night from Japan. Thanks, man. No worries at all. Thanks for hanging out. I would have sent you some beer money if I could figure out the Japanese Google Play. Hey, don't worry about it, man. That's that's fine. Thanks for hanging out. I, I appreciate it anyway. Um. Have I ever played a Squire Bullet Strat? Uh, I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if now, the Affinity series is the ones that I've done the most recent videos on, and I didn't mind those considering the price. I thought they were pretty good. The Bullet Strats, I think, are the ones with, like, the black logo, just plain black logo, and they can be a little hit and miss. Not all of them can be hit and miss. They can. I think the frets are pretty average from what I remember. But I don't think I've played one for years and years and years, or even seen a lefty. So um, I think, to be fair, I, I would say, no, I haven't tried one in a long time. I, I don't even recall when it was I actually saw a lefty. But I, I, I've i either seen them in shops in right-handed and picked them up, or, yeah, it's been years. It's been a long, long time, so I'm, I'm not totally sure. Hey, we got uh, some some uh, 
international speak going on here from BB Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while I'm about it, I emailed Ben Knuckle for a set of pickups about a month ago. No reply. Man, that sucks. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're talking about um, any custom pedal builders or guitar manufacturers or uh, whatever, pickups, pickups really aren't like a huge job unless they're really behind. Like the, to, to make a set of pickups isn't like it is to make a guitar. Um, I I tell you what, if you get no reply, go to MJS Custom Pickups. Guy's great. He'll uh he'll sort you out. Yeah, maybe they don't make a bullet lefty, but I've definitely seen them around. I think that you see them in like packs, you know, with um little amps and stuff. So I've I picked them up, but yeah, maybe they were all right handed. It's just been it's been ages since I've seen a bullet straight, to be honest. First thing I did with the Harley Bentons was switch out the pickups. Yeah, well, look, if there's something about them you don't like, do it, but I, I don't feel the need at all. Like T52, you know, I've said this before, I've had custom pickups wound for tallies and they haven't sounded as good um, or as balanced or as snappy on the top end on the neck pickup. So, yeah, I you probably, anytime you mod a guitar, it's going to sound different. And then you go to justify whether or not that difference is something you wouldn't have got otherwise, whether it was changing something on your uh, amp or, or changing something on a pedal or whether the pickups that you just got on your guitar weren't very good, right? So, yeah, I always I don't change stuff unless there's something drastically wrong with it. So I got a video coming up of the um, of the, one of the Dan Electros with the humbucker, and there's a situation, and I mentioned this in the video. Where I would, if I owned that guitar, I'd probably replace one of the pickups. But there's a justification for it because it doesn't perform as I expected. Um, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with changing pickups. If you found, like the, the other the other side of that is if you know a pickup and you love it, then do it. <laughs> That's, yeah, like those Joe Bardens, man, they're the best. Plain black logo. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Hugh says, will you be doing any more Hangouts? Um you know, I haven't done a live stream for over two months. The Google Hangouts thing was retired, which means you've got to do that. You've probably seen on some channels they've got like the like two two uh, camera views are always on screen. That's a third party app. There's no replacement for Google Hangouts, and it kind of sucks just having like that view. I it's a shame Google actually or YouTube retired the Hangouts thing. It was it was really functional. It worked great. Um, there is supposed to be something to replace that at some point, but it, it should have already have been here. So I, I don't. I'm starting to wonder whether or not that will actually happen. Now there's these sort of third party apps doing that, and being the, the way that my internet is, um, no, <laughs> for now not not for a while. It would mean a lot of logistics, making sure everyone has whatever app it is to download, as opposed to using a, just a link you could click on and then having something load. Um, so yeah. It, it, Right now, no. There's no easy way to do it. They still retain the quality. Um, there, there is one way, but I, I don't have the sort of like the the infrastructure to mix those that kind of format. But yeah, sadly, once they got rid of that, it was game over for all Hangouts. You've, you've probably seen far less of them, and in the ones that you've seen, 
have those um, side-by-side pictures. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you guys convinced me to treat myself a Harley Benton. Yeah, I think like the I think when they first started, there was a lot of mixed reviews, but the quality control's been fine. Like the only small criticisms I've had of mine are the ones that I've mentioned on the video, like slightly scuffed where it should shouldn't really be scuffed, but um, playability wise and feel wise and that they're great. I haven't sold one of those yet. Have I heard of Warman pickups? I haven't. What about buying a righty Olympic white 70 strat a la Hendrix and play it upside down? Yeah, I'm nah, I can't do it. You know why? Because my forearm always knocks the tone and volume controls. That would take, I'd have to physically always be conscious of that and it would affect, you know, it would affect the way that I play. It, it's just not as easy. So it would look cool. <laughs> Could you sell the Relic Telly? No, I, I love that guitar. I, I think it, it looks cool. Um, you know, I I guess I'm, I'm pretty fortunate with the YouTube channel. Like when I sort of mentioned that the finish on the original one wasn't great, they said, oh, look, we'll get, we'll get you another one out. I said, don't worry about it. It's not that bad. No, 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 we'll do it. So I don't, I don't want another guitar. Like it's just going to sit there. All right, don't worry about it. Um, I said, do you mind if I relic it, you know, on video? Because it's already got a few scuffs on there. Like, no, no, no problems. And then, like, I get another friggin' tally sent out. So that's, I haven't even used that. It's in the cupboard. I should probably do a giveaway at some point. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep the relic guitar. But when I pick it up and I compare it to the new one, I like the feel of the neck more. So, of, of the relic one, I should say. The body, you know, it's just a visual thing and it looks... Good or bad, depending on your uh, on your position, but that sanded neck feels amazing. So, you know, I I always say I'm going to have one guitar as a project guitar. Maybe that other telly can be that, but the the relic one uh, I'm keeping that. A lot of hard work went into that. <laughs> All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. I'll take one more question here. Why do traditional and standard Les Pauls sound the same? They're probably using very similar pickups. That would probably be it. I mean, on electric guitar, the, the biggest thing to influence the tone is uh, is generally the the uh, the pickups and the the pots and the values and all that kind of thing. But odds are, you know, the cosmetic differences on the guitar don't equate to a whole lot of different tone. That would be that would be my two cents. Andreas says. Uh, Oh, sorry, I'm not pronouncing your name probably. You, you did tell me how to pronounce it a while back. I, I think I'm, I'm butchering it again. Sorry, man. Uh, it says the necks on the Harley Benton guitars are too glossy. I've had a few and sanded them down straight away. Yeah, on the tally, that they are pretty glossy. But on the PRS style one, the CST, it, it felt fine. Like it wasn't a neck that I felt like, oh, I got to sand this down. And same for the, what's it called? The, the deluxe tally with the Gretsch pickups. That's fine. That doesn't have a high gloss neck. So there are some that don't have high gloss necks, but on a lot of the strats and the regular telecasters, they have um, pretty high gloss. You're right. All right, guys. I'm going to get out of here. 
I appreciate uh, everyone hanging out for this bit of a marathon. It'd been so long since I did a live stream and I tried yesterday and it didn't work and uh, I thought I'd give it one more go today and it looks like it's worked all right. So a massive thanks to Andy Mack, John Matrix, Jamal and Todd for uh, using the super chat tonight. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, guys don't have to do that, but uh, yeah, it, it all helps. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, hopefully I answered your question. If I didn't, um, ask it on a future video because I don't know if I'll keep this up or not. But tomorrow, the Tone Master. The Tone Master? The Tone Master. Is that it? Is that in shot? I've lost my video. There it is. It's flashing and glitching and doing all kinds of stuff. It's the USB port. It's about to fall out. That's what that is. Um, all right. So that video will be up soon in about eight hours. Uh, nine hours from now. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Thank you so much for hanging out. And um, appreciate all the mods being in here as well. BV Ninja, Todd. Uh, and I'm sure I've forgotten uh, some uh, some other mods that were here earlier. Uh, I don't know if I saw another name. Actually, but anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, rock on. Have a good day. Have a good night. And I'll catch you... See you on a video. <laughs>